so full disclosure, I've been living here in Denver a little over four years. Um, fantastic sports towns, super, super nice sports fans. Um, being a deep South guy, you know, hockey wasn't my first love, but I can say over the past couple of years, just from the, the fan base of the avalanche and just, you know, their success, that's kind of just catered my love for Denver sports fans. Um, I, I I literally could have hugged every single I, – I, I should have left the game early like a lot of the fans did and just turned around. And as everybody walked out, just gave them a big hug. Um, I've never seen a fan base so numb in the moment of a, a sporting event. But like I said, we can dive into that later. Yeah, um, here, no, why don't we uh, why don't we change it up today? You, you guys want to do NFL do first then? Let's do let's do NFL first right. today. Yeah, it's fr- fresh on our minds. Uh but let's do NFL first. So we're talking uh what's we, we were just talking about Thursday. I mean, night. this is the story of the weekend in sports. Or the story, yeah, the story of the weekend in sports was not only historically probably the worst NFL game of all time, but we all three have ties to this market and this team and it was, it was it was it was fantastic. So yeah, let's switch it up. Grant, go for it. Yeah, let's do let's do let's do NFL as much as it brings you misery. Let's just rip the bandaid off right into uh, the pain and <laughs> suffering. That was a gaping that wound. Was, that, that, that was uh, this weekend. It, it you know what G- gaping wound would be nice. That would be a, a, a kind <laughs> would way to be put upgrade. it. Uh, unfortunately, Zach, uh, let's let's go ahead and talk about. It. So yeah, Colts twelve, Broncos nine, no touchdowns. No joy, no happiness. Uh, in overtime, make sure you mention that. In, in overtime. overtime. In overtime. This was a lot of football to digest. But it – I don't even know where I, – I, I don't even know what to say. I, I said the season was over last week. And now the season is double over. Because now, like, all hope I, in a sense was lost when I, I – like, Javante Williams – got hurt because i felt like the running uh game was like something that was kind of keeping it afloat you know where like as bad as like ross in the offense had looked a little bit like javante williams was looking good and then this week was the biggest disaster train wreck i think i've seen in a long time uh joey as a uh zach's not uh super like broncos fan or anything he he lives in the city but joey as a broncos fan what what did you feel what how did you feel about this one like this it just felt like Kyle Orton all over again, like just hopeless, utterly hopeless. It looked like elder abuse out on the field between Matt Ryan, you know, Russell Wilson's getting up there in age. Melvin Gordon's definitely a veteran. Uh, like it was just a horrendous game to watch. <laughs> now I did have Brandon McManus on my fantasy team. So that helped me get through it a little bit. Okay. Those field goals. Um, helped me lose this week, definitely. But, like, in terms of a Broncos fan, just helpless. That Like, I just feel helpless. I don't know what, what we need to do. I understand Russ is hurt. That's some news that's come to my attention today. Um, but, I, like, I don't know where we go from here. The- Zach, I, what were you saying, Grant? Well, I was just going to say, here's my issue is that each week I I feel like there's always one side for me to blame. And like, so in the beginning, it was like, I think if there was chemistry and if Hackett made some right calls, we win the game or whatever. And then next week I was like, oh, the offense is struggling. The defense looks great. And then the next week it's something else where it, it's finally all colliding now to like everything is wrong. 
Like, <laughs> like <laughs> you kind of, I was able to flip flop a little bit over and over again, but now it seems like uh, there's just a lot of despair for the, the Broncos, like uh, to add on to other injuries, uh, Josie Jewell, uh, linebacker, knee sprain, uh, Baron Browning, who looked fantastic for the first half of this game, uh, wrist sprain. He's now he's day to day, so he could make it a uh, comeback. Ronald Darby, ACL out for the season, Garrett Bowles uh, out for the season. Like it seems like each game is getting progressively worse. Worse, and he bowls out for the season as well. Uh, yeah, so like everything's just going downhill for at Denver, and maybe this is good in a sense of like, uh, like rip the bandit off. Uh, hope is gone immediately. Like we don't have to get our soul ripped out late in the season, but also the expectations were so high that like this isn't just incredibly disappointing. It, it it's a it's a massive issue here for the Broncos on multiple levels. One, I, I don't know if and, and Hackett is not an NFL coach right now. So when do you process making a move? Even if they do or don't, here's the bigger issue. What if this is who Russell Wilson is? That is an issue. Well, you have this. I mean, you cannot get out of this issue for the next five years. What if this is who he is? What if what if Pete Carroll was so good of a coach? What if all that talent in Seattle was so good around him that it masked a lot of problems that you're seeing now in Denver? Yeah, I that's mean, a, it, that's a possibility. It was terrible. It was, from a live viewing perspective, you know, I've said on the previous podcast, and if you continue to listen, you'll continue to hear me say, I, I couldn't call. If you gave me, offered me $100,000, I couldn't tell you how to get five yards in an NFL play. But I could watch that game, and there were multiple times the guy I was with, like he'd be like, oh, that's an interception as the ball is literally coming out of Russell Wilson's hand, and right. it would be an interception. I mean, it was mind-blowing how bad this football game was. Right. And also, too, it's just, man, like the, the corniness and the press conference. I'm, I'm not one to, you know, kind of dive into somebody like, oh, there's chemistry there. But it's just – it was so bad all the way around. Um, I've never been in a fan base or, or been in a live sporting event where I've ever seen a fan base so numb. There was no screaming. There was no yelling. There was no, oh, F this, F that. It was literally just shock. It was shock at how bad this was. And like you said, Grant, I think leading up to this, Nathaniel Hackett's made a lot of errors, just blatant errors, not putting a punt returner out on the (laughs) field for a return punt. But watching this game, this felt like Russell Wilson. I mean, why do you throw a pass to Stephon Gilmore with two or three, however much time was left in the fourth quarter, when you can easily just run the ball for, or just dump one in for a second, they're not going to go score any points. Yeah, Why especially, are we making these mistakes? Yeah, and especially like Melvin Gordon was actually like doing all right. This Melvin game. Gordon played well. I mean, yeah, Brandon, I, I, I took some time and read your blog on this, and, and your points were fantastic. And Thank each you. point that shameless you would make to my blog, but. shameless plug, but great writing on the <laughs> fact of like you were you were writing out what I was seeing live in person. Um, sadly, you know, I'm taking it out as a non Broncos fan. It, it was a top five sporting event I've ever been to in my life because it was a historically bad game. Yeah, it, the Colts were the first team since 1970 to not score a touchdown. 
and a quarterback to get sacked more than six times and still win a football game. Yeah. And like, and I'm going to have the exact same words when we talk about Iowa, uh, uh, when we get to college football, but like, it's, it's just, it's such a shame that like this defense is so good. We so good week out and they're just totally wasted. Like you should win every game that the other team doesn't score a touchdown. Like that should be a win every single time. So like to lose it is almost like a skill in its own. It's like Nathaniel Hackett is reinventing how to play football in a way, but not an impressive way that is. You know, one thing my college coach used to always tell me or tell our team was it's not a light, it's not a light off on light switch. You either got to prepare, you got to be ready. It's just not going to click one day. Now it did for the Denver Broncos team that won the last Super Bowl. I think they started two and three and then rattled off like 11 straight. But they had Peyton Manning. They had Von Miller when he was like, that was the, one of the best defenses of all time. Yeah. There's no indication of any of that for this team. Yeah. No, it's and a nightmare. This, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Especially for – what do you say? I was going to say, especially for a fan base. I mean, this like growing up a sports fan, even if I didn't grow up in this Denver area, this is a historically really, really good franchise. It's had its up and downs lately, but just seeing fans leave, just seeing fans numb of the Denver Broncos – it, it was it was mind blowing. It was absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Well, as a longtime Denver Broncos fan, there's definitely been a formula, and that formula is you're bad, you're bad, you're bad, but you have a strong foundation, a good core group of guys, and then you slowly add your pieces together, and then you're bad, and then one year you're not bad. You get those those perfect guys and all of a sudden, you know, you're not bad. That's what happened when Peyton Manning came into town. Like that's been the formula, you know? And, and so I thought this was just another rendition of that. Well, you, you thought that, that you, you thought you had the piece with a Russell Wilson. Everybody did. I mean, there right. was yeah. no, like, this is not going to work. Yeah. Well now, I mean, not only is he playing just, I, I, I go back when I was watching that game and I've been thinking about it this week. The excitement level that Pete Carroll had for winning the first game of the season is becoming kind of telling. Right. Like, he treated that like a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Even in his press conference, like, yeah, we had this one circled. Yeah, like, that that's stuff you don't hear from an NFL coach. So, it's all, like like I said, I, I never met Russell Wilson, probably never will, but there's some underlying things, and it, it's not time to just jump on, like, what is going on here? But, yeah, that – that Pete Carroll press conference that stuck in my mind of just his excitement level of winning the first game of a season. Yeah. I think it's also telling to uh, – did you guys see the Richard Sherman post game? Oh, interview? 100%. Oh, yeah. That was pure PTSD. Like, that was reactionary. You could see him almost, like, having a stroke with the microphone. Yeah. How bad he was feeling. Well, because, like, it was the same play that they ran right. in the, the Super Bowl on uh the dang football on a on a fourth down there in the in overtime but what's uh what's so weird about it is like also too like it's hard to like like I you want to blame hacking and stuff like I, I get that's the easy one but like if you look at that like shot like the guy's wide open like they obviously like like something went right in the play call if it generated that open like ultimately it's on like like Russ has to make that pass you know like He's got to make that read. 
he's got to make that read. He he can't throw an interception in the end zone to the former defensive player of the year. He can't throw that punt in the interception that was just absolutely mind-blowing. I mean, you're right. Nathaniel Hackett, he's, he's shown he's got some issues. But this was a Russell Wilson just like, what in the hell is going on? Yeah. And even watching it live, you could see these things formulate in front of your eyes as a fan to just be like, that doesn't look right. I wouldn't do that. Don't Please don't do that. Oh, he just did that. Just over and over and over. And side note, Joey, man, I love Matt Ryan. My, my mom is a huge Falcons fan. All I've ever heard is Brett, Matt Ryan's a fantastic guy. Oh, boy, he's not very good right now. No, he's he's having a tough elder go. Abuse. <laughs> yeah, the elder abuse. All right, here, <laughs> let's let's uh let's get let's get into some positivity here. There's, there's a lot of other let's games. Do let's do it. Let's move on. Let's the uh, Broncos just are bringing us misery right now. Let's let's start getting into more on Sunday. Uh, they started off with a game across the pond: Giants, Packers. Uh, I'm sick of these early morning games. I I don't care about. Like I'm sure there's wise reasons for uh, the NFL to do stuff in Europe. I'm sure it brings in a lot of money. I'm sure there's a lot of reasons why they'll continue to do it. Uh, but from a fan's perspective, uh, living in the Midwest, I I just don't care. Like I just put play the game at a normal time. I'll probably in, enjoy watching it a lot more. Uh, and at the same time with it too, like I just it's uh, in my brain wins and losses overseas just don't count. I agree with you. I mean, you know, it messes up my routine because I'm a Big, big Premier League fan. And I get my early Saturday mornings, early Sunday mornings, where I wake up and my wife's still asleep and my daughter's still asleep and the dog's still asleep. And I get my cup of coffee and go lay on the couch and watch a little soccer. And then I happen to look at my phone and remember that the Packers and Giants are playing. It's the same thought, Grant, just you know, staring at it. But like, I, I, let me try to find this real quick. But I really don't care because – not because I don't care about the game because it was, it was a fantastic game. Right. Would have been a great game. I would have watched it at eleven o'clock here Mountain Time <laughs> instead of seven thirty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the game. I, the Giants are Giants are playing good football. They've got um, yeah. you know that new coach has got them believing, playing coach hard. Coach, yeah, it's a fun story. That NFC East is fantastic right now, except for Washington, yeah. um, which you know, as I told you on the text, you know, I, I hate that football team. Um, <laughs> Great fan base as well. I feel bad for them, but man, just guy. But uh, yeah, they they shouldn't count. It it messes up everybody's routine, um, and I'm right there for it. I uh, I was gonna come on here, and Grant, I was gonna ask you what a synonym for the New York Giants are. And I was gonna tell you they're Ooh. the Tennessee Titans. Okay. Because if Saquon Barkley is not having a good game, then they're gonna lose. Okay. But then I came on here onto ESPN here, kind of looking at the box score and, and realized Daniel Jones, he was 21 for 27, uh, 213 passing yards. He rushed for 37 yards. Man had a great game. Like he was looking pretty good too. Yeah. Um, so, and they also had Darius Slayton, who was looking, looking pretty good, six catches for almost 80 yards. But I would still, I would still say, if Saquon is not having a good day, the Giants are probably going to lose that game. And right. I think that's kind of their downfall right now. Yeah. Uh, luckily, he's been having some pretty good games though. So. Yeah. No, he's like, he's playing super well. Uh, my other thing with this game was uh, that video was circulating around the internet of a uh, a super weird massage taking place during the game. 
Uh, <laughs> one of the the Giants players had like his uh, Zach's uh, this is bad radio, but Zach looks really confused right now. And uh, Zach hasn't seen it. I'll just send it to you. But there's a video of like so this it, it's almost impossible to describe. And uh, um, like so this a Giants player I, I don't remember who exactly it was. Uh, he has like his his glutes are like half hanging out of his pants, and uh, there's just a medical trainer just like has like it, he's got his hand like just like he's I think he's like he must be rubbing like icy hot on something or like doing some like rolling out because it like his hand is just like going in places it shouldn't be and it's just one of the most like gra- like it's one of the weirdest videos I've ever seen on an NFL sideline uh, and like I would love to see like a medical expert uh explain it uh what's going on here but this like this was like my big like it it doesn't like I can't I don't know if i could pick apart like one exact play from this game but i will always remember this like really strange video coming across oh boy i'm just seeing this yeah yeah i just sent it over to zach yeah live reaction if if you haven't seen the video just google like uh giants sideline massage and it'll come up it's one of the weirdest things i've ever seen in my life but i happen to have a medical expert on the other side of the computer i just sent it to her to see what her reaction is yeah (laughs) and like uh yeah and like i don't know i not to make this uh, uh not I don't want to have to make this uh podcast uh, explicit before I have to but like it it's uh some uh, if you uh without context that could be pretty misleading is all I'm going to say. Uh so what's uh, let's check let's check out another game here. Saints uh had a big bounce back win against the Seahawks. Uh the Seahawks are a weird team because like my brain says that they're not good. But they beat a lot of teams and they also play close with a lot of teams and Geno Smith does some crazy things on the field. So I don't really know how to feel about them. I think this is a brutal schedule setup for the Seahawks. Like back to back East or, you know, back to back cross country travel games away. Um, I'm in the same boat, Grant, but almost flip side. They shouldn't be good. But they're playing really good football. So if they start, they're still playing well. They've been traveling a lot. They get the home games in Seattle, and they can still kind of keep a decent record where they're at, especially with the Rams playing bad in that division. Um, this Geno Smith's not looking bad. I mean, well, and also Geno Smith's not looking really bad, and the quarterback that they used to have in Seattle is awful. So <laughs> um, I'm interested to see how you know what, what did that put them at two and three today? They're two and three. Um, yeah, I mean, when they can get back to Seattle and start playing some home games, um, I'm really interested to see what this team does. Because you're right, they're they're scoring a lot of points. They're playing really close. Uh, Geno Smith is is looking like an NFL quarterback. For sure. um, and they just had two games back to back where they had to go to Detroit, where easily could have won that game, scored a lot of points, easily could have won this game today. Um, and you're having a an East Coast road trip back to back, and you're coming out of a two and zero, even a one and one. That's you got to be feeling pretty good if you're the Seahawks. Knowing, you know, repeat myself again that the Rams are not playing well in that division. Um, yeah, they're going to be a fun team to watch or an interesting team to watch coming up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and and I'm not saying that like I think the Seahawks are going to win their division. That might be out of reach, but like I mean, I probably would have had them like at maybe zero and five preseason at this point mm-hmm. and like they've they could have easily won today like the saints and that can be another thing we can get to the saints really tried to lose this game like they had a comfortable lead at one point and just really 
Like I, I thought they were going to blow it for sure. And like they went and marched down and scored that touchdown, like almost immediately after, uh, which was crazy. But I mean, like they, like this, this could easily been a loss. Like the saints were all over the place for sure. So like a co- couple different things happened. I mean, like the Seahawks could easily won this. Absolutely. I think uh, Taysom Hill was an interesting factor in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing a little bit of quarterback running back. Yeah. He, uh, he recovered a fumble on special teams too. Yeah. He's just doing it all. He's he's uh, he's like the actual um, that guy on huddle who uh, in high school just is listed as athlete, and then like eventually in college they got to pick one thing. He never left. He never athlete. did that. Yeah. He just he yeah. plays everything, and he's so good at everything. Like he's always making plays. This no, that's an excellent point. This is definitely like a Taysom Hill is awesome game. I, I mean, think, the fact uh, that he's still in the NFL playing all these positions at his age, it, it's it's fascinating. I wonder too is. Uh, on fantasy, he's listed as a tight end this week. Is he really? Yeah, so you could have your tight end throwing for a touchdown this week if you had Taysom Hill playing. That's so cool. So, Joey, just to, just to keep a score, that's your second fantasy um, mention of this podcast. You got one left, so just kind of make sure you use it wisely moving forward. Thank you. That's true. Thanks for keeping track, Zach. You will be, uh, you will be suspended. We'll get a ticker on the screen here. So, <laughs> okay, here's, a, here's another interesting game. My darlings, the Texans. Finally, they conquer the hill. They beat the Jaguars. Who the Jaguars? I, I I put them in the realm of like decent teams. Still, like I don't think the Jaguars are bad at all. But Zach, are are you willing to admit the Texans are an okay team? No. And that's really all I got to say about that game. Uh, <laughs> that was I I, I kind of kept glancing. That was there a touchdown scored in this one? It looks like that. I, there, I there was, remember they, that one, but they, yeah, like the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah, um, this in that that opening slot was kind of the bottom of what I was paying attention to. Um, so I'm kind of going to pull a Joey on this one. Don't really have a lot to say about this game. Um, but, I, I mean, I am shocked the Jaguars lost. I, I thought they were going to be a good team. Um, you know, but this is the NFL. I mean, it feels like you, you have a good couple weeks, especially for the Jaguars. haven't been good in a couple years. You're going to get bumped up. People want to talk about you. And then you just kind of fall back into mediocrity, you know, week after week, which is the grind of the NFL season. For sure. Yeah. Um, Zach, I'm kind of right there with you. This this game did not have much uh, sex appeal, as they say. Uh, not a, a touchdown score until late in the fourth quarter. It's just honestly a boring game. Nobody really played well, either team. Who, who's your MVP, Joey? You got you got the box score pulled up. Who's your Who's your MVP of the match? Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> we go. It looks like uh, like Damian Pierce had twenty six oh, carries. Good, good call oh, yeah. for Damian Pierce. Yeah. Good call for Damian I mean, Pierce. Hero, Damian Pierce. Yeah, <laughs> hashtag hero. That's right. People People had him high on the charts this year for saving a lot that's of games. Right. He's proven everyone right. Way to I mean, get he Damian did score the touchdown. He, he did, did score the touchdown, touchdown in this game. And he no. Carried the entire team. So. No, yeah, you guys are right. Not a lot happened in this game, but I do think that, like, I I did think the Texans were bound to win one eventually, and I I think I like I don't know I I get that it is kind of crazy like Texans like uh to say like the Texans are good might be a stretch, but I just I struggle to say that they're like really bad because like they they have lost a lot of games like really close and like at the end. So like obviously like the ultimate goal is to win games. If you can't win games, you're not going to be very good. Uh, and that's kind of like a. That that's With, that that sounds stupid because it's like yeah n- like duh like of course that's the point but like I don't know I just like like we talked about 
two weeks ago, you know, a couple plays go to Texans way. Like they won a lot of games and like this time it actually worked. So. I mean, they're, they're not, they're, they have the potential to not be bad just because it's a vision. I mean, they beat the Jaguars. We know what the Colts are and that's not pretty. Um, and, and we don't really know what the Titans are at this point in time. So, I mean, you, you, right. they can ring, you know, they can play the Colts again. I believe that game, I'm not sure where they put, played the first week, but they could easily win that game. They can still win from the Titans. And oddly enough, in that division, you're in a playoff race. <laughs> right. All right. Another fun NFL game, uh, making me look super wise. Cowboys take it to the Rams, get a nice win here on the road. Not them boys. The Cooper Rush Truthers win again this week. Cooper Rush continues to impress our hero, Cooper Rush. I'm not even like a Cowboys fan, but I just I, – I, I, I love Cooper Rush. I had – as uh, I had this game on as, as we're Halloween decorating and cleaning my daughter's room. But I had a, this is probably the one I, I intently kind of had watched the most. Yeah, the Cowboy story is fun. Um, so, Grant, I mean, I'm a, you know what, I'm – I, I, I went with the Rams in this direction just because you know, I, I thought it would be a very good game. thought it was a good number. Um, the Rams are struggling. They they have no offense. They had one good play where Cooper Cup, but Cooper Cup basically just broke it off and went. But besides that, I mean, it was it was a rough game for Matt Stafford. Um, the Cowboys they just grind it out, and this is what I can't figure out about them. Um, I know they're going to go back with Dak. Or it feels like they are, but it feels like they're going to change the game plan. Um, they win when they run the football. Cooper Cup threw the ball sixteen times tonight. He was eleven for sixteen. Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush. I'm sorry. Yeah, Cooper Rush threw the ball sixteen times. It was a balanced attack. It was a very good Dallas Cowboys football game, um, and that's not a bad football team right now. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I'm a big Dak fan. Have been since he was at Mississippi State. Always think you go back to the original quarterback, but um, he put them in a really, really good position moving forward, especially in a very tough division. Um, sure. That's a really good football team on both sides of the football. Yeah, no, like being the Rams, especially on the road, it's not easy. And like, the, yep. I mean, there was like a moment where it felt like the Rams were going to come back for like thirty seconds, and then they just marched down the field and scored instantly. So. Instantly. Like, Instantly. Yeah. So like it, it almost like I mean they went up nine nothing like super quick and then like oh, granted that was like awful like a fumble and like it wasn't like Cooper Rush necessarily doing it but like I mean he did he did what he did to have to win the game like that ultimately that's the point uh it it does it you say that like they're gonna go back to uh Dak which like I think they will too but like do you think like it, let's say hypothetically um they bring Dak in and he loses that first game. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's, what, he has what do you do at that position. point? Yeah. Like, going back to a point you made, Grant, and I think it was when right after the Cowboys marched down the field and scored that touchdown, there was never another moment in that game where you thought the Rams were going to win. Like, it was full control of the Cowboys. Yeah, I, um, I was never worried at all. Like, 100%. Yep. Like, yeah. you never have a 100% chance to win until the final buzzer's over. But, it was 95% the Cowboys going to win. It was like, this. there's no way the Rams are going to score. There's no way they're coming back in this game. Um, but, yeah, to the question you asked, I, I, that brings a good point. Just because it's such a rabid fan base, you have an owner that makes rash decisions. Um, it, it, it'll be interesting. I mean, I've, I've heard some good points. You know, if Dak has a game like Cooper Rush has been having, 
Dax, you know, we got to get a new quarterback. We got to get him to do this. Um, so it, it, it's going to be interesting, especially with them playing such good football. Um, what they do, how like the fan base reacts, how the media reacts, um, just because that moves the ticker on anything. Anytime you talk about the Cowboys, you know, any first take show or any Fox show, they're the, that's the number one lead, even if it's in the middle of the off season. Um, so yeah, that that can be very kind of just fun to watch in the next couple of weeks what they're going to do. Yeah, Joey, what would you do? You're head coach of the Cowboys. What are you doing? So I think. To me, the Cowboys are like the Mets in that they're going to just stroll right along. They're going to just impress all their fans, get their hopes up, and then they're going to lose a game they probably should win. And then they're just going to derail and and they're going to lose their season. But I think maybe Cooper Rush could be the savior to that. So I'm saying maybe you play Dak and maybe he wins, maybe he loses. But if he loses a game you should probably win, let Cooper Rush start the next game, you know, get, get you back on the rails. Get a little, get a little QB competition going. Is there an element of where it's like, stay, uh, you can do a little wokeness on this where it's like, they want to get Dak to more incentive to play better. They're letting Cooper Rush go out there and just dominate so that Dak, uh, almost has to play for his job. Like, do you think they're just creating the illusion of that almost? Um, you know, to me, it's honestly because it's inevitable. The, the Cowboys will lose a game to someone they're not supposed to lose to. Uh, I'm circling kind of this Bears game up here. You know, this might blow up in my face. but And then they're just going to blow up. The Cowboys will not be the Cowboys they've been all season. Uh, that's what, I mean, typically happens. It, okay. And I think so that's what they're planning for, right? They're going to let Dak play that game. And then Cooper Rush is going to be the savior. So I think they're they're formulating this plan. You know, that's what that's my conspiracy hat. I guess they want Dak to take the fall, but all along it's Cooper Rush. I just wish they would stick to the game plan when Dak comes back that they are using now. Run the football, do play action. You got a better quarterback than Rush right now. They, they, they've discovered the formula for winning, and I, I just don't understand why you don't stick to it. I mean, Pollard had 86 yards. Elliott had 78 yards. That's just grinding down the opposing football team with two big bodies. And then you put Dak out there and just make things happen, win a 22-10 to 10 game, and continue to play the next week. Well, it's also – I mean uh... – not to like sound alarms or anything, but Rams did not look very good either. They were at all. They they're and like that's two games in a row now. Yep. Rams were. I'm starting to notice. What is it like? Fool me once, shame on shame on you. Fool me twice. Like I don't Rams. I didn't like. I'll I'll let you have one occasionally. You know we let it happen last year. No one really lost hope, but like two in a row now. My my I'm I'm perked up out of my seat. You know I'm paying attention now. You know you got you you've. Uh, she piqued my interest, Rams. So I don't know. Maybe next week, if they don't throw to anyone besides Cooper Cup again and lose, like we'll be, uh, but we'll, we might have to throw out the NFL figured out the Rams, uh, thing early. I don't know. I, I think you're getting kind of close to that, especially, um, now I do think the two losses that they had, um, Cowboys are playing really good football. 49ers are starting to play some really good football. Um, so, yeah, you're right. It could be interesting. I want to see what they do in the next couple of weeks. But they did lose to two football teams that are playing really well. Um, 
And, if, if, you know, Grant, if you want to, let's move to that 49ers game. Because I got a couple interesting points I want to kind of ask you, um, especially with the 49ers and Jimmy G. Um, I think the most interesting thing, Jimmy G's first start came in that Broncos game. And you see where those two teams – that was the second worst football game of all time. And you see where those two teams have gone since that time. Okay. What What's your question? Oh, I, I, yeah. Um, <laughs> if I'm going to say, hey, I got a question for you. Um, yeah, so you say the Rams, they lose two good – I mean, how much did you factor in, into that they lose to two really good football teams? They lose the Monday night or to the uh, – lose the Monday night game to the 49ers and the 49ers tra- travel across the country. I mean, should they have – the 49ers, they should be playing Jimmy G all along, in your mind, correct? Uh, yeah, I think Jimmy G is the best quarterback for that team. Even with Trey Lance, even before he gets hurt. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I don't think Trey Lance is as bad as people say he is, uh, but I, I think Jimmy G is better. So, I don't know. And, like, with the Rams, I'm, I'm more mean that as, like, you have my interest, as in, like, you're the defending Super Bowl champs. And you didn't really lose anyone notable besides Odell Beckham. You still have Aaron Donald. You still have Cooper Rush. You still have Matt Stafford. You still have your head coach. Like it relative, like in theory, the pieces are all still there to have a very successful season. And like, I think they were still the NFC favorite. A lot of people had them returning to the Super Bowl. Like the, the expectations are still very high for them. So I think that like, I don't know, you lose two kind of tough games in a row where you look pretty bad. Like, I mean, uh, like I don't like I don't think that that was on a lot of people's radars preseason. Was more what I meant by that. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, we can talk a little about the. Did you want to talk about anything else about the 49ers though? While we're on it, I mean, like I feel like this game just kind of went how I thought it was going to go. Like Panthers have kind of been pathetic. Uh, do you you guys? Uh, I, Matt Rule kind of gets thrown around in the discussion of uh, um, potential next Auburn coach a lot. That that's heard, almost yep. more, that's almost more interesting. I feel like than this game. If I'm being totally honest. Like, did, I think did, was game, anyone surprised by this game? Like, I was surprised at how, like, how controlling it was pretty much the whole game. Um, Monday night game, I trip all the way across the country to play. Uh, th- this game was never in doubt, um, and I do think it's interesting. I, I heard something before that that locker room buys into Jimmy G, um, and they have, and you know, especially with a lot of those veterans, and when they were starting trade lines, it was like, okay, well, we have, we we still have a chance to win a Super Bowl with Jimmy G. Um, and I, just, I think it's fascinating that that 11-10 game in, in Denver a couple of weeks ago, kind of the direction of both teams where you see all – like, since a Jimmy G hadn't played, he didn't do preseason, he didn't do anything, and he comes out, he has one bad game, and then now it's just been go time uh, for the Niners. So I, I think – no, I'm not shocked they won. I'm shocked at how much they controlled this game, having across the travel country on a short week. Joey, I feel like we heard from you in a bit, man. Joey, how you doing over there, man? (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm I'm good. Uh, I I think they did a great job kind of spreading the ball around. You know, they weren't just targeting Debo Samuel. They, like, they're getting the the ball to a bunch of different receivers. But like you guys have been saying, like, this is just a dominating uh, dominating performance. Yeah, good job, 49ers. Good job, guys. Uh, What's good? Yeah, you're right, Matt Rule. I mean, it it might be very short. His time might be coming to an end there in Carolina. (laughs) Yeah, and like I don't know, like I don't know, he was very successful in college. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he went back. Uh, there's obviously going to be a lot of uh, people up for the Auburn uh, job, but I have seen his name a lot, and I feel like we never yep. we haven't discussed him a ton. So uh, I don't know, just kind of wanted to bounce ideas around. But uh, 
let's cover Sunday night football a little bit. So that this game wrapped up uh, a few minutes ago as we're recording this. Uh, I was disappointed. I thought I think the Ravens should have handled the Bengals in this spot. Like I'm kind of I I thought the Ravens were like it's gonna click in this game and like I guess they won, but like I mean. They like this should have been a, a bigger margin. Like I, this is a t- like that was like a like short week for the Bengals. Like off a pretty big win. Like or no, sorry, they the, the Bengals had a pretty big gap, and that, that's my bad. Uh, but like I just think that like it, that, that's a home game too. Like I felt like this game should have been more than two points, especially like they have to come back at the end, last possession. Like I I don't know. I was a little disappointed personally. I it fascinates me this team. They build leads. They build a lead in every single game this year, and they cannot hold it. Now, they, they ended up winning this one, but they're up 10 to nothing. Um, comes back 10 to 10. Um, Lamar Jackson is electric as he is. I mean, he, he, was, he was off his passing game. I mean, he had he hit two guys that were wide open for touchdowns. I mean, literally nobody within like 15 yards of him and just missed And I know you have bad games, and that kind of happens. But, yeah, they're, they're struggling to hold leads. I'm right there with you, Grant. I thought – this should have been a 10, 17 point win and should have had kind of that coast feel um, because that's the way the Ravens have played. I mean, Harbaugh's a good enough coach. You figured they're going to get out of that slump of blowing leads and they continue to do it. And thank goodness they got the greatest kicker of all time on their team and just kind of knocked that out. Before. Right. What what I thought was weird in this game was, so I, I mentioned a lot last week, they, they love get, it's like gamble on stuff and go for it. And then, so when the game was like 13, 10, the Ravens were down in the red zone and they had like fourth and short yardage uh, to go get an angle situation on like the two or potentially score a touchdown. I couldn't believe that they didn't go for it. It was like they changed up their mentality. It, like obviously like it worked for them the long run. They won the game. But like I wonder if like there was like a conversation after like they kind of blew two games uh, going crazy and like they had a lot of problems that last year. If they're like if management came down, I was like, hey, John, maybe uh, let's put let's. Let's just take the points sometimes, all right? Well, you know, they missed them. It was fourth and two from the 40. I want to say this is midway through the third. And Lamar Jackson missed a wide open receiver for overthrew him. Uh, didn't right. miss him like Russell Wilson, or Russell Wilson did in his game, but just overthrew <laughs> a wide open receiver. So that might have been why they didn't do it the next time. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, a lot of gambling now that it looks like they're trying to get conservative and just win football games. Yeah, full full disclosure, my cable went out at halftime of this game, so I followed a lot of it on GameCast. So anything that happened in the second half that I don't bring up, I'm not responsible for. <laughs> not right, legally I get, liable. I just Absolutely. I just want to I just want to get ahead of that. If I say anything stupid, that's why. So so yeah, that that's kind of why they made that decision. Um, if you're watching on GameCast, they they went forward on fourth and two earlier in the third, and didn't con- get connect, and they went for the points after that. Where do we rank these uh, the all black uniforms for the Ravens when uh, they bust these out? I I really like these, especially in these like primetime games. It's awesome, Joey. Where would you put I them mean, on uh, on your list of NFL uniforms? Man, they're right up there. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about the Pats throwbacks. Those Pats red today. I like them. Fantastic. Yeah, I think they're right up there with those. Like, but like I the Ravens were theirs. Like they were the all black pretty. Uh, like pretty regularly, where yeah, like that that scary. when was the Especially when was the last time the Pats were all red? Like it's been a minute. Oh yeah, they, they definitely busted those out. You're right; it's been a long time. But 
Yeah, I think they well, you know they they the they changed the helmet rule in the NFL this year, so that's allowed a lot of these teams to have the throwbacks, and that also is why the Ravens can wear the all because they get the black helmets all the time. Right. Um, this year is the first year they changed the rule where you can change the color scheme of your helmet. Um, but yeah, I mean those, those all blacks are, I mean, very very smooth. I like the all, I like the blacks from the Cardinals today. I'm not sure if we anybody saw those. I, I wish it would have gone all black. They have white pants, but those black helmets, black jerseys, those look sharp as well. Those are good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm just going to read a couple uh, scores here on some other games we might have missed. Uh, some of the minor ones, and uh, if you got any thoughts, just uh, blurt them out. So we'll go first. Uh, Bills 38, Steelers three. Expected. I think yeah. the most fun part of that game was the scrappiness. Um, of course. You know, a couple tussles here and there. Always fun to watch. What was funny was, uh, I believe it was James Daniels. Uh, he he was defending one of his players, but he ended up backing himself right into the Bills sideline while doing it. And it was just like, it rem- it was like the, uh, that uh, what's the scene in Pirates of the Caribbean where he's like uh, running on the beach from all of the guys. <laughs> Or like, uh, like he just kind of like good, good hits pull. a little spin and like runs away from him. It was like, like I, I ultimately I think he was right because like the guy was like head hunting on Kenny Pickett. Like I think he was right to push him. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it was like it, it was funny. He just like accidentally backed right into the Bills sideline and like everyone just jumped on him at once. Just swarmed him. It was like a swarm of bees <laughs> around that guy. Yeah. Uh, and the Chargers were getting on it too. That was funny. Chargers 30, Browns 28. Uh, hey, Chargers, uh, that's a little closer than that one should be. What's going on? <laughs> they uh, they got down big, too, for a little bit there, didn't they? Yeah, no, they were down that was scary. Uh, a lot. And, uh, Chargers is going to be my number two team for uh, you have my attention now because uh, it, they, it was close last week for longer than people probably want to admit with the Texans and then uh, lost to the Jaguars and then really close game with the Raiders as well. So, uh Chargers. But here's the opposite from the other team in LA. They're winning those football games. They are winning those. Correct. And it's yeah. easier to go in and look at film and be like, let's figure this out. Let's not let have this happen again. Opposed to losing those football games. Yeah. And they got a they got a little extra rest. They're playing the Broncos next uh next week. So that'll be interesting. Again in prime yes. time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. What is up with that? Uh Bears 22, Vikings 29. Uh this is unfortunate because the Bears really should have won this game. I didn't see a lot of this one. This is one I was kind of watching on a game cast. Um, it, it, it goes it's just basic Vikings football. They they should never be close in games like this. You're saying they should have lost it. It, it feels like it's a Kirk Cousins mantra. But <laughs> the this I I'm a big fan of. Uh, I believe it's a uh, First Bank Stadium or uh, is that where the Gophers play? In Minneapolis. Yeah, uh, whatever the whatever the Viking Stadium is, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, I think it's a beautiful stadium. Uh, except there is it's, there's an yeah. element of it that's kind of similar to like the Cowboys, and like you really see it on Thanksgiving, like right when the time is right uh, with those really early games. But uh, where the sun gets like it's just like shoots across the screen all the time, and like I wonder if like you asked NFL players like how did like how distracting is it to play in like some of these stadiums where like the light is just like perfectly shining in your eyes all the time. That's that's a good question, yeah. Because you get that exactly. this is all glass front. Yeah, it seems like they built it right into the sun. Right, like I I do notice it uh, a little bit, and like I don't know. So that that that'd be an interesting stat, like maybe home field advantage or home field disadvantage, maybe. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, Patriots twenty nine, Lions zero, Lions, guys. Uh, I just, I just, I don't know. I 
I want the Lions to be good really badly. <laughs> I want I think it so bad. Everybody does. Yeah. Like I just I don't know. And also I don't know uh, uh, the Patriots. I mean, like good good for you guys, I guess. I don't know. I mean, this is unfortunate because uh, the Lions had like the number one offense in the league coming into this game just to put up nothing this game. But was, like it was like the glimmer of hope I had for the Lions was their. Uh, their offense being so strong and like Jared Goff looking really good. And then this happens. So that's, uh, it's not, uh, it's not ideal. Uh, I would just say that, uh, where was, uh, was this, was this Zappy? Yeah, no, this was Zappy. It was Zappy. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I love, uh, I, like I said, Western Kentucky, big fan of Zappy. Uh, still, he was a legend in the conference USA. And, uh, how do you guys feel about, uh, I saw New England fans floating around Zappy, Zappy hour. How do you guys feel about that? Okay. Hmm, I like that. I can get behind that. Yeah. Like I, that. Not that's not a Grant Allen original, but I did like it, so I might steal it a little okay. bit. Um Titans 21, Commander 17. This one was one of the most frustrating frustrating. <laughs> How do I this is where like I, I said two weeks ago that I keep getting fooled by the uh the uh the Eagles. I keep betting on them. Now it's I keep betting the commanders, even though they come and punch me in the face every week. I don't know why I do it. Uh, I still think they were the right team in this game, and I think that they should have won this game. But it's just – it's getting hard to watch. It, yeah, I, I feel like every year I, I go through teams that I gamble or I bet on that I know I shouldn't. Um, and then the commanders have been that team this year. It stops this week. No more. Like I, I will not – not betting four or against them the rest of the year. Just not also, doing it. They, that, they play, so they play Thursday night against the Bears. It's currently a, it's a pick. <laughs> not it's a pick. I think I love I think I I might I think I might just uh I might bet both teams just so I can say I won oh, with either the Bears or the yeah. Commanders. <laughs> yeah, the, so the two so I, so not touching another it. Broncos game, not touching another Commanders game all year. Just not doing it. Grant, you enjoy yourself on that Thursday night and we'll be, you know. When I have any financial investment in that game. Okay. Uh, last one. Eagles 20, Cardinals 17. Eagles still undefeated. Uh, Cardinals, you mentioned uniforms. Very cool. Kyler, pregame uniform. Oh, horrendous. good God. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, so here's, he, uh, I said he looked like the Riddler um, rolling up to the game. There you go. It looked like he stole that out of Hillary Clinton's closet. It's like a pantsuit. It has very, it it is very feminine. uh, It has, it was built for feminine hips. It's got that, uh, that weird tailing to the, uh, to the pants there. If you're Cliff Clean Kingsbury, you're the GM. And this is, this is a serious question as much as it will sound like a joke. Do you pull him aside and say, please do not ever do that again? Like, just, just, it's not worth the distraction. I don't know, because I mean, like, I, always, I I feel like that's more like popular with like NBA players when they get off the bus. Like, I feel like Russell Westbrook has a, a new outfit every like, uh, every like fifteen games that like he just comes. Off I think he's, it's like, he's wearing like just like a dog collar, and it's like, what's what's going on here? <laughs> I think the NBA's done a really good job of making that a thing. Like, yeah, well, that's, um, that's marketing for them. Yeah. It's marketing one on one, and it, it is still marketing one on one for collar. But I I, I just. Like I said, uh, <laughs> all the other questions that have come and arose about you, I, I don't know. I don't know where. And like I said, it, it sounds like a joke, but I'm kind of serious as like as a GM or as Cliff Kingsbury, you're like, hey man, just just please don't do that again. Imagine 
Kyler pulling up like that if he's on the Patriots? Like, what do you think that conversation? That's a fair question. Absolutely. Like, is he running laps before the game? I don't know. Some, yeah. uh, well, like a lot of coaches, like Coach Tomlin, I think had a uh, like an all suits rule at least for travel. Uh, so I don't know if that's like still common <clears throat> in the NFL or not with like the new wave of kind of like younger coaches. But uh, I don't know. That's a great question. I d- I really don't know because I, I I mean I'm for yeah. Oh, I mean, God is talking yeah, can, about it, so yeah. I mean, it did its job, I guess, right? Like, yeah, I mean, like I, I, I couldn't tell you what anyone else has worn to a game this year, so it, it got my attention, I yeah. guess. Yeah, let's. Uh, should we move on to college football, fellas? Let's move, let's talk some college football. This uh, I, I just have one one more okay. point. Um, is it time to say goodbye to the Dolphins' dream? What oh my that? gosh, I, I forgot about that game. I'm sorry. What was that? Let's cover that. Uh, I, I think are, are the Jets good? <laughs> They might be good. Guys. <laughs> the Jets might be good because they, I mean, like they're they're winning. They're they're winning a lot of games. Good, and they're looking good consistently. Like it's not just a one game fluke. I think like, the fact that you got silence on that question just asked kind of shows you that it's a maybe. It might be. Like, neither one of us <laughs> had an answer. You asked me if I thought I the mean, Texans were good. I answered. Told you, Grant. No, they're they're terrible. They, I don't know. I mean. Is yeah, Zach Wilson, I, mean, I don't is, know. How about this? Is Zach Wilson the guy? Is he? Is he like? Do you think that he's their QB from what we've seen so far? Obviously, very brief, but what like I mean, two games now? I think One the game? dream is Joe Flacco, right? Like, I don't think Joe Flacco wants to play football. So, <laughs> yeah, if we're gonna joke about it. You're dead right. I, I, I think he's gonna be the guy for the next till that contract runs out. I mean, he's at least gonna get that shot. Um, you know, that coach, um, Salah's looking like he can coach or at least, you know, for whatever the chaos that the Jets have always been, it can be a little bit more controlled. Um, I don't know. I always feel bad for a team like the Dolphins. It, it's always tough to gauge when you're having so many injuries. You, I right, mean, yeah. you, well, Tyreek got hurt this game too. Tyreek got hurt. Teddy got hurt. You know, you, you prep all week for Teddy Bridgewater to be your quarterback. And you're running a very specific system for him that you're going to win, and then he gets hurt, and it's just gutted. Um, I think the, the Dolphins are in a good place. What it looks like if they stay healthy long term, and I'm not talking about just this season. I'm talking about moving right. forward the future. It looks like you know this guy, you know, Smoky Hill can coach. Tua can be a decent quarterback. They put the weapons around, and they look like they're going to invest in other players moving forward. Um, I hate that. I just hate to see this happen to teams, especially you know, three weeks ago, the Dolphins were the best team in the NFL, and now literally they're back in mediocrity. Mediocrity. Uh, I do feel bad. Go ahead, Joey. uh, I was gonna kind of end it off the NFL recap. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see where you go with that. I was just gonna say I feel I feel really bad because it seems like Teddy Bridgewater gets hurt every season, and I think he's I think he's actually kind of good. So. I, I do kind of feel bad uh, for him, but no, Joey, don't, don't let me interrupt you. What is a? Uh, how did you want to? I was to just going to wrap it up with my third and final fantasy football point of the day. Uh, okay, yeah, we'll let you do that. So Kyle Pitts gets hurt, my starting tight end. Uh, I go and pick up Tyler Conklin, who has been the PPR rank uh, eight tight end all season, and he scores a big fat zero this week. So shout out Tyler Conklin for sucking. That's what all. team is he on? The Jets. Okay. All right. They scored 40 points and he didn't catch a single pass. 
Um, I, I, funny fantasy point when I was at the Broncos game the other day, literally everybody around me just has their phone, you know, watching the game. It was, everybody around was just fantastic. It was, it was a very fun first Bronco game sporting, like, uh, like viewing for multiple, multiple factors. But oh my god, just fantasy talk, just in and out, in and out, in and out, and also you know the guy behind me never lost a bet this year, so oh, it was just so much great. <laughs> all my favorite type of people sure. around me, but they were all fantastic. Everybody was super friendly. Um, yeah, I, I got a lot of fantasy chirping uh, from Thursday. So we're good. All right, are we ready to go into college football now? All right, let's do it. So that yeah, this weekend didn't go at all how I thought it was going to go. Like I said, I uh, I almost went 04. I almost kind of wish I went 04. Maybe I'm tempting fate a little bit there, but it would have been really funny if I uh, didn't win a single bet all weekend. Uh, but that's okay. That's life. That's uh, you know, that's gambling. <laughs> this happens occasionally, you know. Uh, and I'm not a quitter, so I'm going to get back up and I'm going to do it again, just like I got up and still uh, engaged in the NFL. So uh, big games though. Uh, Tennessee uh, just absolutely beat the crap out of LSU. Uh, I, this game did not go how I thought it was going to go. Joey, I think you're right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Joey, I think you're right. I think Tennessee's good. Let's go. Um, Tennessee truth. However, you know, not to get into gambling talk now, that Alabama line is tricky, tricky, tricky. Um, yeah, Tennessee, that's a good football team. Going down into LSU and just beat the brakes off of them. Uh, this game was never close. It was absolutely never close. No, I, um, I I knew all hope was lost when they were doing shots of the stadium, and it, there was so much orange in the stadium. That, like it, like LSU normally is like such a great environment, and like Tennessee fans are awesome too. Like not to discredit them or anything, but I mean like LSU at home should have a lot of purple and gold in there, mm-hmm. and there was so much orange. I was like, oh no, this is uh, this is not going to be good. I don't think we're anywhere close to this point or even having this conversation. But, you know, on, on game day, Reese Davis brought up a good point, and we'll get into this in a minute about Brian Carson's a good football coach. He might just be the wrong fit. Um, I wonder if Brian Kelly will potentially fit into that same category. Really good football coach, but then just, like, something's off. Yeah. I Especially mean, like, for that program. I mean, like, to be fair, like, Tennessee, like – like I, I will now say that they like. I think Tennessee is a good team now. It's like I, I was a little like I, I was a little skeptical leading up into this game, but like I think Tennessee is actually a good team now. But like to be fair, like their losses are a tough game, like in a neutral side to Florida State, who's turned out to be pretty good, and then the the number eight team in the country. So yeah, I, don't, I, don't I agree with really Like I said, him. it's not worth the conversation, but just kind of falls into all the other things of like you know the fake accent and just right. I was gonna bring that you up. know. The whole the whole thing kind of leading up, and like I said, he he's a program builder. He did that at Notre Dame. It took a while just because he was in such rough shape after Charlie Weiss. Um, like I said, I don't think it's even worth the conversation now. But it, it, I, I thought that was a very interesting point or comment from Reese Davis about the Auburn program, and I'm wondering if that eventually gets to the point with say Brian Kelly here in you know two, three, four years. Yo, you got to be feeling pretty good, though. You're looking super smart now. Yeah, I mean, they figured out how to get it done on the ground and in the air. Um, LSU couldn't stop anything, it seemed like. Um, are we putting Hendon Hooker on Heisman Watch? I think he's been Absolutely. on Heisman Watch. I think yeah. he's been there for like three weeks. Cool. Yeah, I mean, he's looking great. Uh, 
got some stats, almost 1,500 yards, 10 touchdowns. Um, go look at his interceptions. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to jinx anybody. Uh, but, yeah, is he's it, looking great. Is it, a, is it a bagel? Oh, yeah, it looks like a bagel. Bagel yeah. right now? Oh, boy. The bagel? Oh, boy. That's huge, especially yeah. – all, all I'm going to say is that, like, I think if he, if he beats Alabama, it'll be his – I'll just it's throw that out there. Yeah, at least I he's think, a leader in the clubhouse going down uh, the stretch. I'll I'll just throw that out there because that's that's massive. And then like if they can beat Alabama, I mean, what's like, and like, and we'll we'll move into it here. Uh, Alabama and A and M's on our list, uh, and what I think of Alabama right now. But like, I mean, that would be a massive. That would be the probably the biggest win in uh, the past like since '98 for Tennessee. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think right. I think Grant, one thing that you kind of harped on last week was you you thought this was going to be a look ahead game. And it I mean, it, like it, it was in a look ahead. Oh, one hundred percent. It was your your typical lip, look ahead game. Yeah, and it kind of shows you how good Heupel might be as a coach. Yeah, like it's re- it's really impressive head. to survive those spots. And like L- like I said, I don't think LSU is even that bad. Like they were ranked in this game. Like, and they get the break speed off of them. This like it was over instantly. Like they had that yeah. like muffed uh, kick, and I was like, oh, it's over. It's dead. No, impressive coaching job. Just very impressive game from Tennessee. Grant, yeah. in your mind, does this get Tennessee out of – so last week you said, with the exception of Vanderbilt, Georgia, and Alabama, all the other SEC teams are just the same team? Yeah, I will, go, I will go to tier, I will go to tiers now. I will move, now move it into tiers. Uh, there is the fr- frontier of uh, – there are quality SEC teams of Alabama – um, uh, sorry, uh, I don't, my voice is going away, but Alabama, Georgia, and now Tennessee. I think I actually think Tennessee is good. And then, so they are in that category. They are now. They they've like th- that was a beatdown of all beatdowns. Like that that like I said, it was over instantly. Like, and that's a tough spot. So, uh, I was very impressed by Tennessee. Like, uh, it's too late for me to jump on their bandwagon, but I, I don't know. I think it's cool that they're winning, and I like. Uh, I'm not gonna stop. Like. I'm going to admit they're very good. Uh, they're a very talented team. But no, I, I still stand by that the rest of the SEC is the exact same. Like And like we saw it, like like at, like South Carolina was messing with Kentucky a little bit and stuff. Like And even like, I mean, the, it, the final score ended up very differently. But like, I was <clears throat> Vanderbilt and Ole Miss tied at halftime? Not enough people. Oh, no, Vanderbilt was, or, uh, uh, Ole Miss was, was winning. Vanderbilt was winning at halftime. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not enough people are talking about that. What's like... Yeah, the, the second half well, again, out of hand. Yeah, yeah. I it like 50, I mean, like twenty-eight. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying that, like, if you're so much better than Vanderbilt, if you're the number nine team in the country, like, why? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't think that should be happening. It's all about adjustments. Yeah, I mean, Grant, I'm gonna give you credit. You lived rent free in my head on my for my viewing experience on Saturday because that is literally all. I was like, wow, that's. First off, that's probably the best, most accurate take that we've had since we started this podcast. Second off, that's probably the best accurate take I've heard from watching college football in the past couple of years. They, they are the exact same teams outside outside of the top tier of SEC programs. What about uh, Anthony Richardson being the new Bo Nix? I think you might be wrong on that one. Bo Nix okay. is, <laughs> is playing pretty good football right now. He's playing know? pretty good football. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't know. Because like, I don't want to say – like it would be wrong for me to say that like all those teams are bad, but like it would also be wrong for me to say that they're all like great or they're all like super good because like the, some of them look real bad. Like mm-hmm. Kentucky didn't look good at all this weekend. I don't but, think like the Kentucky. Depth Kentucky of the has shown SEC's... times to be very good. Correct. Yeah, I don't but, think the depth of the SEC is as good as it has been, say three, four, five years ago. I think a lot of the talent that used to get dispersed throughout the league is now going to Alabama and Georgia. 
No, um, for sure. But yeah, I mean, you're completely, completely accurate point. And like you said, that's literally all I thought about when I was watching that SEC games this week. Yeah. Like Miss State beat up on Arkansas, right? Like mm-hmm. just two of the exact same teams playing each other. Yeah. And then Mississippi State will like, uh, we, we can talk about them uh, in a little bit because I actually uh, have some opinions of Mississippi State, but uh, they, I mean, they, uh, like they could easily go lose to someone too, like very close. Like, uh, like Egg Bowl would be super interesting on Thanksgiving with them and Ole Miss. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so let's move on then to the game of the year. Our darlings, Kansas. Unfortunately, the undefeated ride is over. My greatest fear has happened. Uh, shout out to Kansas though. They could have easily won this game, and I honestly think that they should have. Uh, with a backup quarterback too, who like played. Like great, awesome. He did yeah. as best as you could ask. Like, I mean, his last name being Bean also is perfect for Kansas. Just Bean uh, was super funny. Like, oh, and a touchdown from Bean. Like, I'm going crazy. I was like, and of course, this is the Kansas quarterback. Like, all right, uh, so that that was hilarious. But and it's a shame. TCU is like a good team, uh, obviously. But like, dang, like Kansas, like I I just can't help but imagine if like the no no quarterback injury at halftime uh, to Daniels like. I don't know. Does Kansas win this game? And we're looking at six and zero against with a good win over TCU. Like I don't know. You never know. I know we joke on. We spend a lot of time on it just for kind of pure purposes. But it, I, I, this is this is a fun football team. I hate the dream is over for the three of us in this situation. But I I go. I'm right there with you, Grant. This is a fun football team. This is a good football team. Um. And I feel like, you know, I've got sucked into the past couple of weeks of, okay, they're playing TCU. Okay, they're playing Iowa State. Okay, like they should lose these games traditionally, and they're not. Um, TCU is – it's they were a good football team. They were really good. Kansas could have easily won this football game. Um, so, I know the dream is dead, but this is still a great story. I, you know, I hope they ride it out. I hope they continue to win football games. Um, it is kind of funny how Kansas kind of matters in the landscape of things. I know because of the basketball program, but I saw a great sweatshirt that had the, it, it was, you know, white, I think it was from Barstool and it had like, it was a whiter gray sweatshirt, had the logo of the state of Kansas and it said football school. That's gold. Yeah. Um, but you're, I mean, you're right. TCU is good. TCU is, yeah, I mean, you know they they're going to continue to play good football, but this was a really fun story, and I continue. I hope they continue to win football games because um, I I think it's exciting when college football has these teams from these you know kind of big name schools. I know Kansas is a big name school for basketball, um, but I mean game day was there. Like people were bought in. Um, it was a really really fun football game. Joey, did you watch it? Uh, yeah, I did. I actually had a, a TCU. A student in my house watching this football game. Uh, she was going crazy. Uh, she is not a fan of Max Duggan. Oh, why is that? She's. I've got some infi- inside information that he's not a very kind person. Oh, do, do you want to break news? Do you want to break news on this podcast? <laughs> I mean, I just got some inside information. He is not a great person, uh, maybe in some social settings. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you always got to take that into account. But finally, he got some help yeah. this week 
even though they've been winning. It wasn't just the Max Duggan show. It was the Max Duggan and Quinton Johnston show this week. Right. And I mean, that that third quarter just felt like like both teams just dropped the hands and were just letting them, each other just like pounding each other in the face, you know, yeah. like touchdown after touchdown. Yeah. No, it turned into traditional Big 12 there in the second half for sure. Yeah. Now, I, I do want to make the point. The math is still there. So like Kansas, if you win out, you're going to be in the playoff for sure. Uh, like I just want to throw that out there. So dream not totally dead. The undefeated dream is dead, but dream is not totally dead. However, uh, this does bear uh, eerie uh, uh, similarities to Kansas's last five and zero start, where they ended up losing seven games in a row to finish out the season and miss a no, game. So, uh, Kansas, please just win one more game. That's and I'll, I'll be happy. So, uh, I want to see you guys in bowl season. Uh, I don't care if it's the Quicken Lanes Bowl. Or uh, play play Iowa in the Quicken Lanes Bowl, uh, or if we can make it to a bowl game. But uh, you know, uh, let's like just don't don't listen to those haters who keep on pointing that out to you, Kansas. Just keep keep winning, do your thing. You guys are good. All right, don't let anyone tell you differently. All right, what's a uh, what's bounce back to the SEC, shall we? Alabama squeaked one out against A and M. Now I know that Bryce Young is hurt, but do we raise a little concern with Alabama? No. Yeah, I don't think so. And here's why. It's a W. And they have a massive, massive game against Tennessee this coming up week. Correct. So we can raise as much concern. We can say it wasn't a good game. We can say that they should have played better. We could say that, you know, they should have been better prepared to play a Texas A&M team that they should have beat the brakes off. But they still get to go to Tennessee next week. And if they go in, beat Tennessee, no matter if they beat them by two points or 20, the way Tennessee play is playing, it, it kind of silences any doubt of what this Alabama team is or where they're going to be here in the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, I think if they did – I hate to use the example, if they were coming into Auburn next week, like they would be like, oh, like fair questions. But I think they get to eliminate those questions by going to Knoxville this week and showing. I mean, it could have been an easy overlook game. You know, those Alabama players had all day. I'm sure half of them watched that Tennessee game. They saw, good God, you know, that's a really good football team. We got to get our minds right, not think of the fact that they got a game here in a couple hours playing Texas A&M. And that happens. I mean, we're talking about 18, 19, 20-year-old kids um, to where, you know, Grant, you thought that Tennessee was going to have a look-ahead game, and they came out and just – you know, smoked smoked LSU. It easily could have been the situation in the Alabama game. Yeah, no, this was the game that I thought LSU Tennessee was going to beat. Yep. Uh, and like, granted, like this, this was probably more likely going to be that situation with the backup quarterback in at Alabama. But uh, I mean, he's not bad. Like he was yeah, still making great Alabama plays. Yeah, right? like he made like, great plays against Arkansas last week. Like, I mean, I get it's a big spot. And like A and M is like not a pushover team by any means, but like. I don't know. Joey, I'm curious what you thought of uh, this last play of the game that Jimbo calls. Uh, some are calling it the worst play of all time. Uh, I'm I, I'm not going to call it that, but uh, I'm curious what you thought of it. Uh, I have to admit I didn't see it. I forget what I was doing. Could you describe it to me? Uh, it was a throw to a double-covered receiver short of the end zone. Uh <laughs> 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 okay uh with two seconds left uh or no with like no time basically no time yeah uh yeah it was it was baffling i uh, you know after watching i like going straight from iowa illinois into this game 
uh, and just watching, uh, uh, seeing that play, I was like, oh, this seems familiar, but I, uh, I can't help but, uh, imagine that there were better play calls than that, than that. There could have been better play calls. The quarterback could have better made a better decision. No matter what the play call was, he still didn't even throw it to the end zone. Um, that quarterback made a insanely terrible play um, midway through the third quarter where he was getting chased out of bounds and easily was out of the pocket, easily just because threw the ball right out of bounds, threw it back over into coverage, got an interception. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it could have been a better play. Quarterback could have made you know made a better decision, but um, yeah, it was one of the worst plays in the game I've seen in a while. Hey, Haynes King uh, is great, great name for a football player. I feel like not enough people talk about that. That's like I, I a good like uh, if you said like Haynes yeah. King is a, uh, a classic good quarterback in a Texas football movie. Uh, that sounds about that sounds appropriate. Uh, they've also got a receiver named Moose Muhammad the uh, Third on on A and M. Yeah. That's good. King I, the Moose Muhammad. The I third. would love to see what the I missed it this week. I'd love to see what the Yale leaders had to say about Alabama. I'm sure they said something incredibly offensive again this week and got brushed <laughs> under the rug. So we'll have to do a over this uh over the summer when there's not as much going on, we'll have to do like a deep dive into Yale leaders. All, all they do. So Yale leaders, watch out, we're coming for you. Uh just do a just do a whole Texas AM as a cult podcast. Yeah, like uh an, an hour yeah, and a half on just that. Texas AM. There's yeah, no, there's not enough time at this podcast, but uh, it'll free up soon for sure. But uh, to move on to uh, maybe my favorite game of the weekend, Texas absolutely slaughters Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, I'm kind of curious what you guys think about this one, but I think I'm overreacting. So I, I'm going to just throw it to you, Zach, first and see what you think. I want to hear your overreaction, actually. Oh, okay. I think Texas is really, really, really good. Only when, when Quinn Ears is playing. Like, I think that, they like it's so like not to put anything against uh Hudson card, but and like I think he's good too, and I think Texas is a good team without Quinears anyway. But when Quinears is playing, like the, there's a good chance that if Quinears never gets hurt, they're an undefeated team with a win over Alabama right now. Like he's like it's such a game changer different. And like I get Oklahoma isn't as great this year, but like it's still 49-0 on a neutral site in a competitive rivalry game. Like like it's like that's like I did I didn't have 49-0 on on my predictions did you guys like I mean that was like a thumping. That's uh that was like it was unlike anything I've ever seen. So like I when Quinners is playing, I'm just very high on Texas. Like if they won out, I wouldn't be surprised at all and end up winning the Big 12 like I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I like yeah. that point. I mean, I've said on this, said on here a couple of times that I didn't think Texas was any good. Um, so funny gambling story. I, I think the best thing when, when you're winning a bet, you you never win. You're always nervous. You're always nervous. Right. But when you know you've lost a bet and you know it's just going to be, I, I took Oklahoma full disclosure, and I oh, knew oh. <laughs> that's tough. But it's comical because you know, like. You know, even if you have Texas at, at if if you take Texas, when it gets to fourteen nothing, you're like, well, I, okay, I'm like, you're you're doing the math in your head, you're doing the math in your head. But you, when you know you made a terrible, terrible bet, you almost know it instantly, and that's the way I felt. Like I, it was just like I, I wasn't mad. You're just like, yes, this is a great story. Um, that's a personal note. Two things, and you might be right about Texas. He he might be just a game changer for. 
that program or at least this team and maybe even next year. I mean, I'm a big Stark fan. I think he's a great coach. I think what he does as a quarterback is fantastic. So you knew when he would get Quinn coming in, if he's healthy, they were going to do some things. Um, and you, you might be right, Grant. I mean, you absolutely might be right that this is a very good football team with Quinn and their quarterback. On the flip side, holy <clears throat> hell, Oklahoma's yeah. terrible. Yikes. I mean, that the defense last week against TCU, that was incredibly, incredibly bad. And then you come out to a rivalry game and just don't show up. I mean, 49 nothing is just not showing up. Um, I mean, they, they got a tough Kansas team this, this week. I mean, they have a tough Kansas team. That's not like because we like Kansas on this pod or, and, you know, we're, they have a tough Kansas team coming up, um, especially for this season. That's two different, you know, directions these programs are going. But, yeah, that was extremely impressive by the Longhorns. Joey, what do you think? Is this more Texas is good or Oklahoma is bad? I think it can be both, can't it? Yeah, I, I mean, I, it, I, it can, I think it is. but I like I have my own opinion on that. Yeah, yeah. Like I like I. So I'm I'm curious what Joey thinks. Right? I'm allowed to ask questions. <laughs> I don't I don't well, jump I down your throat when you ask questions. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's not what that implied. I just was saying it can be both ways. I, I was I was confirming with you, could it be both ways? I wasn't I, I apologize for the tone just because this was a very like shocking game. Yeah. I think it says a lot. Um in our last pod with the picks. Um Grant, I know you're leaning Oklahoma and then I mentioned Quinn Ewers might be coming back. And you kind of raise your eyebrows a little bit. I think, like like you've been saying, that he just totally changes how that football team plays football. Like, just absolutely dominating. And I do think OU is really bad. <laughs> like, they have – it feels like just a sheet of defense that you – like a sheet of ice. You just break th- right through it, right? Yeah. It, it's just – I will say, I think though. It is that... a combination of both. Texas being good and OU being just – that. I will say though the the truthers of the Big Twelve uh, will know that Oklahoma has not had a defense in like since I don't know like in eight years. Like I mean, oh, 100%. It, so I don't know well, if now like they have nothing to back it up. Yeah, and like, like well, not up. yeah. Now you don't have like the super explosive offense where you average like fifty five points a game, so it, it keeps up. But yeah, I mean, it finally came back to bottom. And uh, a little bit of my point was I was kind of sick of Oklahoma. I, I've always been kind of sick of Oklahoma. Like, I feel like they're kind of like in the Notre Dames of the world for me where like, I have no problem watching them lose. So, uh, so this was fun a little bit. And I like, I like Texas being good. I, I don't have any yeah. problems with that. Uh, they're kind of like Tennessee where it's like, they have such passionate, good fan bases where it's like, okay, yeah, let the, it's good that they're good again. Like, you know, it's That'll good. It's good for college fun. football. that like these fan bases get to kind of like have a, have a good season for the first time in a little bit. So uh, I don't know. Uh, it the yeah I mean this game was just so strange like it, it was weird seeing the Cotton Bowl half empty yeah, but the um in the second quarter especially because it's it, it they do split it like uh so it, it made it extra bold but uh we got more games to cover here uh if, you see, oh go ahead Joey sorry don't let me cut well, you off. I was just gonna ask you guys if someone tells you like you ask someone where they go to school and they tell you I go to UT are you thinking University of Texas Austin or are you thinking University of Tennessee. I think that's regional. So, like, growing up in Colorado with a mom who went to Texas, I would think Texas. But um, having lived in Tennessee for a little bit, if you say UT, I, I and like Zach, you 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 lived in yeah, the South. So. Uh, 
Um, you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think like anywhere, um, I w- I'll just say anywhere east of Texas, like I, I'll just say Mississippi, the Mississippi River is like actually the perfect. I think east of the Mississippi is Tennessee, UT is Tennessee and west is Texas. I think that's fair to be. I mean, honestly, I, I can you can gauge by the accent for fair me better. personally. So if I, if I if you got some boy from Connecticut with a Yankee accent coming down south, what 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 do you think his opinion would be? Well, I oh. so for would instance, he, you, do you think he would say uh, Trinity College is the real UT? Oh Jesus Christ, we ain't going down this road already. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good question. No, I just, I mean, I, you know, growing up kind of around that area, um, I look at Texas as more of like a Texas and national school, if that makes sense. Right. Um, I think UT is very, very regional based. Um, like I think even now, I think like the Auburns, the Alabamas, the Ole Miss have become almost national schools. And I feel like UT still kind of floats in that regional aspect. But I mean, I, I, you know, I haven't, been to college in a while so i mean y'all can probably correct me if i'm wrong there but yeah you can usually gauge by the accent it happened most recently when i was running into somebody here in colorado and they dropped ut but it was a thick thick southern accent i was like go vols and you know she was like yes so yeah there's definitely a different because you know texans have that southern draw too but it's 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 different it's it's much different so yeah yeah they don't have that red clay draw though yeah different type of red clay Yep. It's not as like not to dog on the south, but like it's not as like molasses as some of the. No, that's, that's, that's not a dog. That's a fair. It's a <laughs> yeah. fair like description of it. No, not as long drawn out. Yes. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That's a great question, Joy. Uh, I like that. Keep, yeah, that was uh, a good question. Yeah, great stuff there, Joy. Uh, UCLA goes in there, and uh, despite having eight fans at the game, they just continue to continue, succeed. They are undefeated right now. Uh, were we wrong about Utah or were we more wrong about UCLA? Ooh, man, that's a good question, Grant. Um, I, 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 Utah's still that same football team. They grind you down, grind you down, grind you down. And it felt like that was going to happen a little bit late in that third quarter. Um, and then UCLA just put it on them. Um, UCLA's a very good football team. Uh, they, I mean, they have a great coach. He's starting to build a system. I heard a great point during that game. I never watched most of this game. Um, that Chip Kelly's succeeding now because the transfer window or the transfer portal, you don't have to sit out a year. So he can treat it like the NFL where he can get kids to plug them in place automatically out of that Pac-12 system. Right. Um, I thought that was a very interesting point, especially with some of the talent that they have on that that team this year. It's a lot of transfer talent and a fifth-year quarterback. So you already have a guy that buys into the system, and then you're bringing players in who you fit your system and you're treating them like NFL players. Like, this is We need this now. We need this now. We have to win now. I thought that was a very interesting theory for this UCLA team. Um, I, I, I mean – you know, Utah has a, a a very interesting game at you know they're at home against USC this week. I want to see how they kind of respond, just because I, I still think it's a good team because it's just the same system over and over and over for Utah. Um, but I'm more impressed with UCLA. I mean, I that's two weeks back to back where they've looked damn good. Um, and I mean, it's a this is a legit football team. Um, I agree. I. 
kind of want to grant, I know you're a Dorian Thompson Robinson truther. Uh, is course. it time we put him on the Heisman watch if he has not already been up there? Uh, I think so. It's just kind of like, I think you'll have to see, uh, I wonder when they, is is UCLA and USC like one of those like rivalry week games they play after Thanksgiving? They might. Uh, yeah, it's that same weekend. The, yeah. The wrap-up weekend. I mean, I feel like those are the two, in my opinion, like lead quarterbacks now that um, uh, his name's escaping me now. Uh, the guy at Washington has kind of collapsed here in the past two weeks. But Penix. Uh, yeah, Michael Penix, uh, who was starting off real hot, but they've kind of collapsed during the past two weeks, unfortunately. Uh, as yeah. much as I did, uh, I was kind of rooting for Washington there. But uh, they, uh, with him out, it's definitely now like Kayla Williams and him. And like, there's a decent chance they're both undefeated going into that game. Uh, I mean, like knowing the Pac-12, like one of them will probably lose before then. But uh, that would be a really interesting thing to have. I mean, a lot of people have Caleb Williams up there for like Heisman, but sure. uh, like if Dorian, Dorian Thompson Robinson leads an undefeated UCLA and goes in there and beats them, like I think it would have to be like a switch out. But like it's also the problem is like I think the Pac-12 is like, like I don't think anyone's convinced that like the best team in the Pac-12 would like like I think I would be real I would and this is like the interesting point of the playoff is like I'm not sure that like a one loss Georgia shouldn't get in over like I like I think I'd almost put like a one loss Georgia in or like a one loss Michigan in over like an undefeated Pac twelve. Because like I'm just not convinced that any of these teams are like that amazing. But like they're definitely good, but like you know, it's best four teams. So I don't know. It's, it's really, it's an interesting point there, but I mean, no, the people should be discussing Dorian Thompson Robinson for the Heisman. Will he win it? I don't know, but people should be discussing that. In that conversation. Okay. Yeah. The, the, well, it should that, be circulating. A hundred percent should. I mean, he looks, he looks great. He, he is playing fantastic football. Um, you know, you got the, you know, Caleb Williams and, and USC go into Utah this week. UCLA has got a bye week and they go to Oregon. Um, next week. So, I mean, both of those quarterbacks have, you know, let me show you how good I am games coming up that, that people will have eyeballs on. So, yeah, it could be fun to watch in the next couple of weeks with these. And you got Bo Nix playing really well, especially coming in that UCLA game. Oh, don't. Yeah, no, we you like Bo Nix on Heisman watch, Zach. No, I'm just saying they're playing good football. I would love that. Um, that would be you know, <laughs> I mean, we can have our biases here, and we can talk about you know Auburn football and Iowa football, and we can talk about you know, Oregon is playing really good. They went into Arizona, who's not very good, but that's still like like Grant you said that Pac-10 is tricky. There's always a weird game, um, and I I thought potentially that could have been one for Oregon, and you know they they just went in there and crushed them. All right. Well, let's get in. Uh, you mentioned uh, we can talk Auburn there. Let's let's get into our own teams here briefly. Uh, so Auburn uh, obviously had a interesting, uh, 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 interesting game here against Georgia. Zach, how have you been sleeping against uh, after picking against your own team this week? Have you been able to sleep? Yeah, you did that. Oh man, I'm not gonna lie to you. I slept well the past two nights. <sighs> you're, yeah. un- you're, un- you're unbelievable. I, I really am. I, it, this game went exactly like I thought it would. Uh, there's no surprise, no, you know, I can say I thought it was a little down 14, nothing at halftime. I was like, okay, at least this isn't a bloodbath now, 14 to three, a small glimmer of hope popped up, but 
there's just there's no depth. There's no. It's a very scoutable team. This is the same second half issues that Auburn has had since Mike Leach figured something out, and pretty much it sounds like gave the tape to every single SEC coach that we played since then. Um, now there was nothing surprising about this game. Um, it's you know. I think Reese Davis gave a great point. It, it's I, I think, and I thought when we hired him, he was a good coach. I still think Brian Harson is a good coach, but he's going to be a good coach at Arizona State or yeah, Boise State or Boulder. It just doesn't fit that SEC mold, and it happens. I mean, you know, some things don't work out, and it's clearly going to happen. Apparently, you know, there's, I, I guess, news float around that. You know, there's a press conference tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. to discuss the future. I'm interested to see where that happens. But, yeah, there, there was zero that surprised me about watching this football game. And I think knowing that, and, yes, I did bet on Georgia. Um, I You know, I, I took a melatonin last night, nothing out of the normal, and I slept fantastic. <laughs> uh, how funny would it be if that uh... – uh, Joy and Joy will let you uh, obviously chime in here soon. But how funny would it be if that uh, press conference was like we're actually we're tearing down the stadium and we're building a new one? Like, it just that, 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 that's like, Auburn. That would be it's like, Auburn. Yeah. Trust <laughs> that, me. That, that would be that, how that. Yeah, we're, we're, that would not we're, surprise we're removing me. the bushes. That, that's probably the next like topic after that. Or uh, yeah, they're like uh, we're actually we're extending Harson's contract through twenty twenty. That would be that, that is typical. Like just something they would not do that ever. I don't they won't. Yeah, that one they won't do. I do know that. But yeah, just coming in there and it's not like, oh, we're, we're – uh, like I think last year there was like randomly in the middle of the basketball season when we were the number one team in the nation, they held a press conference saying they were going to rename the Auburn Arena. Like I could easily – We're renaming the practice facility the Bo Jackson practice facility. Like that, that would be a typical Auburn move, um, especially after announcing a press conference. Yeah. A humongous practice facility. That thing – have you like seen any – I don't know if I have. I, I know they, you know, I know it's supposed to be in the works, but I'm not, I can't Man, recall. You, you I can't miss I it. You know, I, mean, I guess I'll see it. Yeah, I'll see it next weeks. week. You can't miss it. It's beautiful, but man, I'm paying a lot of money to be here. Yeah, but Grant, that's a great question back. because that's that's reality. That's reality for Auburn football. Like jo- Joey, what are the chances that uh, you're listening to this press conference tomorrow and they're like, "We're now moving on to the, we're moving to the triple option. We're going to try and uh, become the fr- first SEC team to exceed at the triple option in the modern era." I mean, with like, yeah, that that could totally happen, and I think uh, <laughs> I don't know if we'd be. It's not going to happen. Like that. <laughs> don't get your hopes up. There's going to be no triple option uh, in Auburn anytime soon. Joey, what would you think though about guy. this game? Seriously, what would you just, think? It's just so frustrating, man. Like I was sitting on my couch, just screaming into my hands, like face palm, typical Auburn fan, like elbows on my knees, hands in my face, like just sad. I was just sad. Sitting there, just like like Robbie Ashford. Granted, he's a he's a technically a freshman, right? He's not really supposed to be the starter this year. We have T.J. Finley who's out. Zach Calzada also hurt, right? He's, I mean, he's supposed to be getting some looks, but he's not supposed to be the starter. He get like he fumbles the football without anyone touching him, and and loses it on a, a great drive we were having, we were having a fantastic drive. He's completing passes. We're, we're driving down the field and he decides to scramble runs would have had a great first down open field ahead of him. 
and he drops the football. Like, it's just a lack of experience from Robbie Ashford. Uh, like Zach's been mentioning, we're scoutable. It's super easy for teams to come in, figure out our game plan in the first three plays, it seems like. It's just frustrating, man. Like I said, my face is palmed pretty much the entire time. So, I, I kind of going back, Grant, to – you know, you living in my head this weekend, your point is exactly right. Like, we're not as bad as we probably look. I mean, the, the, the Penn State game was just brutal, but we're every SEC team not named Tennessee, I mean, the LSU Georgia, and Alabama. Close, right? I, I, by the way, I'm yeah. putting Vanderbilt into the mix of all the other teams after they were tied with Ole Miss at halftime. I mean, that's fair. Let's do it. I, I, it's just yeah, – it, there's nothing – I mean, Grant, as a non-biased fan, you probably watched that Georgia-Alabama game or Georgia-Auburn game. I was like, yeah, that's exactly how I thought that would go. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was going to be – I mean, when it was like 14-3, I was like, maybe some life. Like, who knows? Like, maybe they just really want to go out there and play for that coach. But, uh, you know, keep them around. But I I don't know. I mean, like, I didn't think uh, – I. I, I would like for you guys to be happy. I would love for your team to upset Georgia. But I didn't uh, – realistically, I did not think that that was going to happen, no. I mean, selfishly being a basketball guy, it's basketball season on the planes now. So, I mean, I'm, a, I'm, I'm actually fired up for Auburn sports. Uh, just kind of moved on from the football aspect of it on a personal level. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then, so, if you guys got nothing left, I'll cover the uh, the uh, well of sadness that was the Iowa Hawkeyes this weekend. Uh, Iowa, I love you. I will always love you. You are the one thing that uh, I wake up for every single day. Uh but this is uh, this one was tough, guys. This one was really tough. Uh, Iowa has not lost to the Illinois Illini since 2008. This was uh, we had eight consecutive wins going into this uh, game, and you know when you lose to Illinois, things are going poorly. Uh, here's some uh, frustrating stats for you: uh, Iowa's defense this year, number three in yards per play, number three scoring difference, number nine in total yards. Uh, Iowa's offense, number 130 in uh, uh, yards per play. There's only 131 teams, uh, number 131 in total yards, number 127 in scoring offense. Uh, yeah, so th- it's incredibly frustrating because, uh, and it's the same as the Broncos, and it's the same as as, as I've been saying. This team is so dang talented on defense, and it's so wasted. Like you should win every game you don't let the other team score a touchdown. Like, they, they Illinois scored nine points. You should win those games, right? Like, it, the fact that we've played two games this year that involve no touchdowns is honestly impressive. It's, uh, I don't know the stats on, like, how many teams have done that in, in the modern era and, like, the AP poll era. I'm sure, uh, like, Cumberland State uh, beat uh, the University of Alabama in, like, 1908, like, three to two or something, like, multiple times in one season. But uh, it, it's... It was, it's like, it's baffling, honestly. Like, and here's, uh, I want to pull up another thing too. Like, if Iowa just scored, um, uh, I'll have to get it actually pulled up here. Uh, like, if Iowa only scored, yeah, here it is. Uh, Iowa's record if the offense scored 21 points in every game of the Brian Ferens era. So, this is, uh, starting in 2017. If Iowa just scored 21 points a game, which isn't a lot, that's three touchdowns. That's not a lot to ask for, right? If they scored 21 points a game, Every single game of the Brian Ferentz era, starting in 2017, the records would be uh, 10 and 2, 10 and 3, 12 and 1, 6 and 1. That's the COVID year. Uh, 11 and 3, and then 5 and 1 this year. I, I, Iowa has held their uh, six opponents this year. Zach, you're now muted, but 
uh, or I don't think so actually, but uh, Zach, uh, they have held their opponents uh, to uh, besides Michigan, they've held all their opponents to ten or less points, and this team is three and three. I I don't know what to say at this point. What should I what say? What is it like? What is it like watching this? I, and I, you know, I did. Um, I can't remember the, the game I was watching. Um, <clears throat> no, I take it back. I I um, I was watching Ozarks. I I watched it in an Alabama game. Okay. Turned on Ozarks and I was watching Gamecasts or just kind of following it along on my phone, and I just couldn't like I just continuously kept thinking it wasn't what like what how do you watch what is what are you doing when you watch this it's I sweat I <laughs> I, I have I have panic attacks and, and I feel like I have, I have moments of sheer joy and moments of pure sadness yeah I, I, I almost feel like it's a different watching experience than say what me and Joey are going through right now because our team is getting beat 42 to I need to be watching in a bar is where I need to be watching. Yeah. yeah. So it's but like, just, how are you watching a game where there's just not a lot going on the whole time? Yeah. I mean, it's welcome to Iowa football. And honestly, like I, I've always said, I like defensive football. Like I don't have as much of a problem with everyone else. I do have a problem with uh, not scoring any touchdowns in a game. I think that's a big red flag. Like I'm not, I'm not that crazy, but, uh, but no, I don't have like, I don't have a big problem with like 20 to 17. Like, I don't think that that's like a terrible football game, but uh no, it is. It is. Uh, there is a frustrating element to this as an Iowa fan because it's like it. Like a lot of people want to point out, like this. Like maybe just more people have Twitter accounts now, but like a lot of people like are all on Iowa's offense this season. But like it's clearly like like I just like like uh, like I read the stats like just to you like they, like this has been happening for a long time. Like welcome to Iowa football, where it's just like it's there's an element of added frustration where it's like if we just had like any like great offense. Like this team would be so good. Like 10 and 2, 10 and 3, 12 and 1, 11 and 3, 5 and 1 is really good in the Big Ten. Like that's really good. And like it's just, and it's baffling because like, like, like when you watch these press conferences and they're like, uh, hey, Kirk Ferentz, like here's your offensive stats. Like his response every time is like, yeah, but we won 10 games last year and we played in the Big Ten championship, which is true. And like we can't be mad about that. Like you should never be mad that your team played in the Big Ten championship. Like, but at the same time, like it is incredibly like like you can't be happy with 131st in offense as a Big Ten school. I, I guess like the the, the kind of question and thought process I have for you is that this like you know Auburn had gone through. We had Gus. It was you know the Gus bus was rolling there for a little bit. It started to get scattered out. We're going through the harsher era now. We're going to have a new coach here coming up, you know, maybe as early as tomorrow morning, stadium. but definitely moving into next year. This is just re- same coaching philosophy over and over and over that hasn't cut. And I know that you kind of joke, and I don't know how serious you are about like my dream game is a 3 2 Iowa win. Well, you almost got your dream game being like a 9 6 Iowa win. Like, how. Where is it like the level of frustration of being like, why can't, why simply, why can't we score 21 points a game? Like, yeah. why, why do we have to be the team that can't do that? Well, like, we, like, the problem is like, we went through, we actually had like good quarterbacks that are all in the NFL now. Like, mm-hmm. we had Nate Stanley, CJ Beathard, both very good quarterbacks who are going to have a, uh, they're both backups right now, but like CJ, but they're still making money really in the NFL. Bad. Like they're NFL quarterbacks. Like a lot of like we had a string there of like consistently putting quarterbacks in the NFL, which a lot of uh, teams can't say. 
So like the offense was there. Like it was it amazing? No, but like they were scoring like they scored touchdowns. And it's it's not it's sad to like have the minimum just be like score a touchdown. But like at this point, it's like, I mean, we've gone these are two games this season. Uh we have played with uh um no touchdowns. And it's even crazier that we almost won both of those. So <laughs> which which yeah, is even, the- even wilder. Uh mm-hmm. and like we were a millisecond away from winning this one because there were they fumbled we had a uh uh what seemed like a fumble six uh return uh late in the game there which i mean in that game it felt like if you're up by seven you might as well been up by 200 uh but it was and like the everyone went crazy but like uh the he had an arm down and obviously got called back and it was the right call but uh no i mean like it and iowa almost did it again but it's just it's a weird spot because uh, i was in such a weird spot because like yes the team has relatively been successful over the uh, past 10 years. Like I obviously we're in the big 10 championship last year. I'm not going to complain about that, but it is, but it's also like they, they do have the 131st offense in college football. Like that's not good. When Iowa has a ball in office, what, like what is going through your mind as a fan? As a, 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 you know, I mean, even more, what is going through your mind as a, educated smart fan well here's my thing and i said last weekend all my opinions on iowa are delusional you should not i i am incredibly biased i i have unrealistic expectations for this team so uh and i was explaining this to my friends and they all thought i was crazy and they might be right but uh as i've said i've been spencer petra's truther i don't think he's nearly as bad and i think that that showed because like he actually was making some good plays uh this game uh, and like it, it's shown that like whenever he has time to actually throw the ball and he's not getting uh, hit the offensive line doesn't get blown up instantly. He makes really good plays. And frankly, like with the offensive line, like I don't I, I don't blame them because like they're super young and I don't know how I would stop uh, Michigan either if I was like 17 years old. So uh, to be fair, I think that they're doing all they can. Uh, and I, I I love all of them individually. So you guys are all my boys. <laughs> I love you all. Uh I will defend you to the end of my days that you guys are awesome. But uh, I don't know. It's like, I do get my hopes up every single time. I'm like, here's the touchdown coming. Like they asked me like, what do you think first drive? And my friend was like three and out. And I was like, touchdown. Like Petrus Petrus 70 yard (laughs) touchdown on you. Of course. Uh, But again, I'm, I'm delusional. I'm uh, when it comes to Iowa, I want to relax this. And I want to add to cap off my, uh, because this is going a little longer than it probably should be uh, my Iowa discussion that I have now talked myself into us beating Ohio state in our next game. So be ready for that. Uh, no, it has it. Please. Be, okay. if, if this be is ready. what you're going to continue to put out, please. Ready, uh, you can talk be, as long be, as you want. Be ready for, uh, be ready for that. Uh, we, we have a bye week coming up this week, so there will be no Iowa preview. Uh, but two weeks from now, Iowa will be heading to Columbus. Uh, and I've talked myself into we're beating them. So be ready for that. Just as a teaser, you'll want to listen to that. Uh, and I have my reasons. So, oh, we'll hear them, and I cannot wait. And they cannot make sense. wait. All right, let's read some scores, shall we? And uh, we'll make some points, and uh, we'll see uh, what happens. Uh, Michigan thirty-one, Indiana ten. Joey. Yep, should uh, like looks good. Good job. Are you concerned that this game was tied at halftime? Uh, yeah, but then they took care of business. So. It's okay. Zach? Yeah, look ahead game. I'm happy they opened it up in the second half. Uh, really, really fun game. Penn State at Michigan this weekend. Um, yeah, that should be fun. Yeah. Mississippi State, 40. Arkansas, 17. Uh, Will Rogers is going to make an NFL team really happy here soon. He's very good. Yes. He he did uh, – I, I saw he now leads the SEC in completions ever. 
So, and he has not been a quarterback for that long. So, shout out Will Rogers. Yeah, very sneaky. I mean, like if you're doing like the Dorian Thompson Robinson, like he like Mississippi State plays a harder schedule than them, and like Will Rogers mm-hmm. has somewhat has incredible numbers. So, and I feel like he, he knows hasn't came up. About. So, like I saw like, and we'll get into it. Uh, watching like UNC Miami this week, they were going so crazy about um, this. Uh, North Carolina's quarterback who threw like three picks during the game against Miami's horrible defense where like, I feel like I don't hear a peep about Will Rogers ever. Like they were putting the North Carolina quarterback in the Heisman discussion, like potential, like top five pick. And like, how do you do that when Will Rogers exists? I'm sure you're going to bring up the, the, the UNC game. We can touch on that, but uh, you, you're dead. Right. And I think, I think quarterbacks in Mike Leach's system fall into that trap that like, Oh, they're really not that good. They're really not that good. Gardner Minshew was good. Will Rogers is good. Um, we haven't talked about him on this podcast. Mike Leach is a hell of a football coach. Yeah, he's good. Um, hell, hell of just he, a life advice giver. I feel I love uh, that every week he's just giving new advice. That we can get. That's a whole other pod. I, I'm, I'm a huge Mike Leach. One of the best stories is apparently. I, I don't even know if I brought it up last week. I feel like I talked about it all week. He they were at the SEC coaches meeting and they wrapped up. I think it was in Birmingham, and they, you know, raised their hand. He was like, "Hey, man, can anybody give me a ride to Key West?" He's just a wild character, and now <laughs> you can see what he can do with SEC talent. And I think, you know, he got that bad rap at, at Texas Tech, which ended up being a not true story. Um, the guy can coach football, and it's very interesting. You know, Stark Vegas is or Mississippi State is it, it's probably kind of the low bottom of the totem pole, like where you would go for SEC schools. Um, so I always want to see what he could do with this type of talent or and just imagine if he was somewhere bigger. But, I mean, he can coach, and Will Rogers is good. That system's phenomenal for him. And I think – I mean, you're dead right, Grant. He's, he's going to make an NFL team very happy. Joey, real quick, give us something you want to get life advice from Mike Lee, John. Hmm. Oh my gosh. Three. I want Mike Leach to give me some stock tips. Like, I feel like I also could just open up my financial future for life. I feel like he could do that easily. Uh, Texas Tech 31, Oklahoma State 41. Uh, Here's my main takeaway from this, and it's not even about the score. We have an interesting dynamic on the show where uh, me and Zach like to game one games. Uh, Joey does not like to game one games, but what Joey does like to do is he likes to uh, he, he likes to Jeez, jinx Zach. games as they happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, jo- Joey likes to uh, have a show. Joey, uh, Joey, Joey's uh, in a range of, we might have to suspend you from the text uh, chain while games are happening because Joey is addicted to jinxing uh, our bets while they're happening. Uh, Texas Tech was up in this game. And then as soon as Joey sent a text of like, oh, Texas Tech is all good, they ended up losing and not covering the spread that I had. So that's all I have to say about that game. I picked that, I will say. I brought that up. I know you and led me I to disaster. It. You led me to disaster. I would not have picked that game. And then you still jinxed was it. it a push? No. Oh, you lost. Nine and a half. I it was, oh, I thought it was 10. Yeah, that's why it was Max, Max Payne. On that, so yeah, I'm I'll take full responsibility on that one. To you be should, you want to what, what I text in the third quarter? Uh, yeah, they were up like a touchdown, yeah, they in the were third up quarter. by 10, weren't they? Yeah, they were up a lot, so that was uh, oh, yeah, I'm not good. I, I like warned I you, I was like, Joey, you need to stop that right now. 
and then uh so it was all over but uh let's move on shall we my phone yeah joe you're going to be on probation for for that like one week one week you can't mention game picks during games yeah well uh i'll talk about auburn game only (laughs) all right here's another one Ohio State 49, Michigan State 20. Here's something your SEC ears are not going <laughs> to like to hear. Uh, Ohio State's the best team in the country. They're in the number one team. I'm not going to disagree with you, Grant. And I'm I, not going to disagree it's, with it's, you right like now. Like, will that's that certainly be true? an okay take. Will that be true in the second week of January? I don't know. But I think right now, I don't understand. Like, I, I believe Georgia was number one in the poll. They returned back to it. Uh, yeah. I don't understand how Ohio State is the only like undefeated magnitude team we've had that's absolutely handled everyone they've played. And how are they not number one still? Like no one has come close. No, like, I even agree like with you on that. They I get like the yeah, Notre Dame really one, good. like they didn't cover, but like it's still Notre Dame and they like it felt over the whole time. So uh mm-hmm. yeah, I I think Ohio State's the best team in the country. That's fair. Uh, what's going on with Michigan State? Uh, their train wreck is disaster. Uh, they they paid ninety five million dollars to lose a lot of games, so that that's not going well. Mel Tucker, uh, I don't even I don't, I don't even like uh, I feel like we it's like me talking about Iowa every week. I just say the same thing every week about Mel Tucker. We, we we've like, said this yeah, literally every single week we've said the same thing. It's yeah. like holy. Even like, I, I'm thing, sick. Like, I'm sick of giving Mel Tucker time on this. Like, I but it's comical. But it's comical. It is it. it, it when does it become sad? Like three, three that, weeks ago. Three weeks it's ago. It's getting close. Uh, when they got when they lost to Ohio State by forty last year. Like, I mean, I don't yeah. know. Then, oh. I don't know if it's comical how bad he is or how like a rash. Like, just I can't believe Michigan State gave this guy this much money. Like he he get they gave him SEC money. No, that that's a ton of money for like a, a short term. Like coach, like the Big Correct. Ten racks up. The Big Ten treats their long-term coaches very nicely, uh, but like he, he was very new and uh, had like a, a kind of a, a weird year of success. But uh, it's uh, clearly not transitioning into this year. Uh, North Carolina twenty-seven, Miami twenty-four. We touched on uh, briefly earlier. Uh, both these teams are horrible. This game was trash. I mean, simply, this game was trash. Yeah, I, I that's all I, I really have to say. And uh, here's an interesting debate we can have. I used to think that the ACC was a great offensive conference. And and by the way, I'm going to just say right now, Clemson and Wake Forest are excluded from this discussion. Those are actually good teams. Uh, is the ACC a good offense conference or a bad defense conference? Because I, I used to think it was good offense, no defense. And I think it's now just really bad offense and like the off or it's really bad defense. And the offenses are just okay. I, 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 I yeah. That's fair. I think it's just a it's a conference of okay teams. I don't think you know, like you said, we're going to exclude Clemson. You know, historically, we're going to exclude Wake Forest for this year. But that, I mean, that game was terrible. Like these are two like North Carolina. They've been scoring a lot of points, and their quarterback, like you said, they talked about him being the Heisman. He's out there just throwing to the other team the whole time. Um, yeah, it's not a very good conference right now, just top to bottom. Virginia Tech is, you know, traditionally had a pretty good program. They're they're just terrible right now. Um, yeah, this is a two team race. Include NC State 
up there in that Clemson Wake Forest NC State just feels like they're going to drop. A, they're going to drop a few games this year. Like they're just yeah, nothing that, that game, seems Florida special. State game was too close. They should have lost. They should have lost. lost. Um, Let's dive into that. North Carolina State nineteen, Florida State seventeen. Florida State should have won this football game. They should have never that blown a seventeen to three lead. Um, this is a game that you know Florida State. They, they, I feel like they're trying to get back to what they were, and you know, it's a huge, huge rebuilding process. They have to win this football game. If you're up seventeen to three, you know you just got to hold on. I know you're playing on the road, but yeah, this is a game Florida State should have won. You need to score in the second half. You got to make an adjustment, right? Keep yeah. doing what you're you got to you score, score seventeen in points in a quarter. Why can't you just keep doing what you're doing? Yeah. Notre Dame 28, BYU 20. In the uh, two worst teams to ever uh, be chosen to go to Las Vegas, this game should have been played in uh, – I, I, I don't want to say played in Utah because that's a BYU home game essentially, but like that's the only state that's appropriate to host these two teams. Maybe like a, maybe like a, the de- uh, a big desert uh, up in like northern Nevada or like uh, maybe uh, somewhere in uh, – uh, on like a – like you know, how they do like an aircraft carrier game. Uh, or they're mm-hmm. they're bringing it back this year in basketball. They used to do it a lot. Uh, they should do that, but it's just in the middle of like the Pacific Ocean for these two teams. It's the only, <laughs> uh, the only uh site that would make sense for the, uh, these two guys to play. Uh, that wouldn't be like a city inappropriate for them to go to. Uh, that's enough talk about the city though. Uh, Notre Dame, good bounce back. Good job, Notre Dame. Yeah, they tried to give it away. I think it was more because BYU playing really good football in that second half. You're right. I mean. Notre Dame's playing better football, and, and it kind of showed. I mean, I thought that they closing out and not allowing BYU to come back and steal that game it was pretty impressive on Notre Dame. Yeah, this yeah. was the only bet I won this weekend, so good job. <laughs> and you were still and sweating that out. One. Yeah. And, uh, this I was thought, making me a little nervous. And I thought I was all good up until the <laughs> last bit there. Uh, here's, a th- here's another game. Uh, a lot of people might ask, uh, hey, Grant, uh, why do you have a podcast? What what gives you the right to have uh, to be on a, a podcast um well first of all i had uh, the great my great friend zach here asked me to do this and uh second off is because there are nfl experts out there who have uh will levis currently as the number one overall pick i saw floating around in the on their draft boards uh i know that uh it, it i i didn't watch this game if i'm being truthful uh it, it looks like he got hurt right but i i just can't help but think that uh, those takes on Will Levis are crazy outside this game. I didn't. I I didn't watch a lot of this game. So, but they were making those same takes against the Ole Miss game last week, and he looked good. But you're sitting there thinking like this is this guy's like this guy's gonna be the number one pick in the draft. I, like, can, I it, can name five quarterbacks better than him right now. Yeah, <laughs> or you can name five quarterbacks better, or you can it, just just say, "Wow, is it like?" Is the and one of, and one of them is in the down. Big Ten West. Who's he play for? Purdue. What is his name? Aiden O'Connell. Okay. Yeah, I, I just I – mean, I've heard that take. I was, they've never mentioned that a lot in the old Miss game the week before. Do you know him personally? Is that why you're saying that? Or you just think he's a good quarterback? No, I actually think he's good. Oh, okay, because I've seen you chuckle on the other side of the yeah. screen. I don't know if he was like a Valor grad or, you know, good no. old Thunder Ridge High School down here in, in Colorado. No, he's right um, uh, yeah, this is this this falls into your take being the best take we've made so far in this podcast yeah. is that all SEC teams are the same, and that, yeah. that was proven correctly during this game. 
Yeah, they're going to be all beating each other up. Uh, Last one I think we're going to cover, unless uh, anyone stops me, is uh, Clemson 31, Boston College 3. Good job, Clemson. Took care of business. Kind of sad. uh, I I do feel bad uh, whenever Boston College loses the Red Bandana game, though. So I'm very sorry, uh, Boston College. And I, that's in a team where I felt like they had high anticipations uh, going into the season. Also, I am horribly mistaken. We need to cover uh, one more game. James Madison, 42, Arkansas State, 20. James Madison is now uh, in the top 25. Good job, guys. We did it. Let's go. We did, we did it. it. James Madison, good job, guys. Right. In all seriousness, we've talked about this is going to be a top 25 program. For the next couple of years, it is built. This program is built to succeed at this level. And shockingly, it's so quick that it's happening. But this is going to be a very good program. I think they're going to be this year's national champions. I would love nothing more, except they uh, they are not going to be in the playoff. I'm sorry. Spoiler, Jamie. Oh, absolutely not. No, you're not going no. to be in the playoff. All right, let's do. Uh, there was a lot of football this weekend. We love football, but uh, this is the best time for baseball. Uh, is October? The playoffs are happening. Joey absolutely loves baseball. Joey, why don't you enlighten us on some baseball this weekend? Well, first of all, I just gotta say, I'm extremely sad that this year and probably the years to come, there was no Rocktober. Uh, There's no Rockies in the playoffs this year. Um, That doesn't mean there wasn't any good games. There was actually some great games starting on Friday. Uh, But first, Zach, you asked me in our text message chain, uh, kind of my predictions, I guess. I just gave series predictions. Um, So this was before all these games happened. I predicted that the Guardians would win their series. I thought the Cardinals would win their series. Uh, And I went with the Mariners and the Padres. Now, some might say those were some crazy takes, but three for four is not pretty or is pretty good, I'd say. Um, and I think my main motivation was that uh, for those picks were. Zach, if you're a, a college basketball team, what's the one thing you want going into the NCAA? Tournament? Oh, a great matchup. Yeah. And momentum, right? If your team yep. comes in maybe off a, a conference championship right you've got momentum coming in in into the playoffs that's huge and that's kind of where i was leaning with these picks right like the guardians were looking good the mariners just got to the playoffs for the first time in like 20 years how could you not pick them to win the series uh and and then I picked the Padres purely because the Mets always choke in the playoffs. Like it's inevitable, and they just did they, they not had go lost. to the World Series recently. I mean they they didn't win it. Like, well, I mean then you, then you could say every team besides one team chokes in the playoffs. <laughs> choke. it, but like they're always going to choke. They're always going to find a way, and they did this year. Like it is Sunday night. They just lost the Padres, and. They, I was I was bummed about that one. Everyone it, is that is that wrong for me to say that I wanted the Mets to win? Yes, because they're deep pockets and they're funny they though. Win. Like Mets fans are hilarious. They're more. They're, they're way more. They're like Cowboys than, fans. They're they're way more. They, they're that's, just no, first of all, those are Yankee fans. Yankee fans and are Cowboys fans that's and Duke true. fans. But uh, I feel like like what is this? Like the Padres are just the Rams. Like they have eight fans total. Like it would have been more fun to have the. Uh, the Mets keep advancing. 
Mm. Well, I, I probably got biased, but not a huge Mets fan. And it's always fun to see someone in your division keep moving on unless it's the Dodgers. So I was going to say, I feel, I feel the opposite on that. I don't want to see any of them win. I would, I'd rather see the Padres win than anyone else. Well, actually, that's not true. The Mariners. I, would I was going to say, you, the Mariners defeated. Uh, they kept. Uh, they did their job. They defeated Canada. Uh, we, we could not let uh, Canada defeat us at our game. We've been doing our job defeating them at their game in this uh, in hockey. Uh, when was the last time yeah. they won a Stanley Cup? It was forever ago. We couldn't let them. We can't let them. Oh win man, I think it's almost twenty five years at this point. Yeah, yeah, can't let them win a World Series. Uh, if you guys don't, I don't know if you guys were able to catch any of these baseball games. Zach, I know you were texting a little bit. Did you see any of these games? Because I watched quite a few. I kept up with a lot of it. I, I was I was actually pretty interested in how this format would work because you, know, you use the word momentum and could you you know in years past you see the wild card team you know win a lot of World Series just because they're all they're having to play until the last day and then they're t- kind of taking that stride into the playoffs. So I was really interested to see kind of what the dynamic of this new wild card format looked like, um, and it looked like there were some really good games um, come out of this. And you know one thing that and this is for a whole other podcast is just how bad at scheduling and marketing and just reality that major league baseball is. You, you have, you put, you, you potentially had your wild card series on a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in the middle of the fall. Um, just terrible, terrible scheduling wise. So that did kind of dense a lot, a lot of that because you're going to watch college football. You're going to watch the NFL thing. You know, baseball got lucky. They don't have one game today, but they still had it up against, you know, Sunday night football. So it kind of takes a little bit of that that out. So I caught a little bit of it Friday, um, the the Phillies-Cardinals game. And that was – I mean, you knew the Phillies were going to win again yesterday just of how that game went. So, I mean, I do think momentum in in more sport than any uh, baseball kind of carries that over. Um, I guess I, yeah, I gotta, didn't get a chance to watch a, a lot of it because these games should be on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They should be. Um, just because of programming. <clears throat> and you know, I think that's sad for baseball because I, I think what they wanted to do for this pro like the format of a wild card was fantastic. They just you know, baseball per usual Joking. can't get it right on scheduling. Yeah, I think that's a good take. And I, I gotta explain myself too with my momentum insight, I did not pick the Phillies, even though I should have due to their, like they haven't been to the playoffs in a long time either. Uh, but I was just overcome with nostalgia. I got to say with, you know, this being Albert Yachty and Adam Wright's last season, all three of them on the same team out there performing together. I just thought the cards would have something in them, a little bit of drive, but like they should have took that first game, just absolutely handed it to the Phils like on a silver platter right in that last inning. Um, and then like you that said, that was an all time collapse. Yeah, that was that was like uh, like a Falcons choke almost. Like that was bad. But that's momentum at its finest. I mean, like you're just yeah. sitting there like, wow, this is terrible. I got a pretty good idea what's going to happen tomorrow. Right, and like that's what you got to do. I guess I was just overcome with nostalgia in my pick for the Cardinals to win that one. Um. And I still got to say, Nolan Arenado has more playoff wins with the Rockies than he does with the Cardinals. So. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I like <laughs> that. Hey, stat. Joey, I got a question for you. I like that stat a lot. Yeah, got a, got a baseball that? question for you. Okay. 
What are your thoughts on people that keep score as a fan at a game? Ooh. So it it depends who you're talking. If you're like no no no, I'm asking I'm asking Joey no, Bush is like a penny. Well, I I I guess I'm. What I'm saying is like who the person is. If you see like a geezer out there, a guy who's 75 years old sitting there, he's got his glasses on, his ball cap on, he's at the game, he's writing the score down, he's taking score. You gotta love that man. That's a that's an old man, an old old timer, just keeping up with the game. You know, he loves to see – he would probably have loved this Padres game tonight. They were sack bunning. They were doing every little thing right. But if you got, like, a 35-year-old dude up there taking – like, what are you doing? Get to the rooftop bar, like – or think, grab uh, your kid. Like, you can't be can't be keeping score like that. They got a scoreboard for a reason. Zach Campbell you know? definitely keeps score. Paper oh, that guy's the oh, dude. worst. I think, it's, I think it's so pure. I mean, I'm I don't keep score at a baseball game, game, but oh, I, I, I would keep – I wouldn't do it at a major league game, like you're saying, because, you know, I'm, you know, I should be at the bar and doing something. Exactly. But like you, if, you you could possibly catch me at an Auburn game this spring. Well, that's you know, fun. That's sitting up there just, You asked me an you know, MLB game. You know, you're there oh, for No, no, no. I, didn't, I just right? said specifically, <clears> yeah. Like, I just wonder what your thoughts on it. I think it's one of the most pure things you can do at a ballpark. Absolutely. And that's why you love to see the old people doing it, right? If you see an old guy sitting there, ball cap on, he's got his gla- like his binoculars looking through. He, yeah, like how could your heart not be warmed by that? That's like a good that. point. Like that's that. A good point. Yeah, but you can't be 22 years old keeping score at a baseball game. Unless like that's your job. If you need to be doing that, good on you but that's fair i don't need to be at a rockies game keeping score they got a scoreboard up there i can go check the box score after the game like this that's not it's not for you no not for me that's fair where do we uh where do we put the i i brought this up on uh friday where do we put the the phillies have very underrated uniforms in sports i feel like i feel like the phillies don't get enough praise for having great uniforms I I like them. Are you are you so you're talking about they wore the grays this weekend. Are you talking about the grays? I know we mentioned the like baby blues and maroon. Yeah. I, I, but grays? like I mean they don't obviously wear those all the time. Like those are cool, but yeah. like a lot of teams have cool retros they don't wear all the time. I think that they're just like standard jerseys are very nice. Like I I like that little like their hats. Like I like a lot of what they got going on there. Oh, it's I mean home and away, they're just they're classic uniforms. Just any classic pinstripes, one color white. Uh, I think it's always a really, really good look. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of pinstripes, uh, hey Joey, how? Uh, so, what do you think Cardinals sweep if uh, A. Rod was playing instead of Albert, or uh, how do you think that oh, goes? No, I instead? don't think they'd be in the playoffs. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. A. Rod, A. Rod is not that guy. But he he's a hundred percent the guy. He's he's a Hall of Famer. He's definitely a guy. Juicer. Uh, and a cheater and a liar. Yeah, because Albert's definitely never taken any steroids in his career. That's uh, yeah, he he definitely never did that. But uh, that's a that's a different discussion for a different podcast. Uh, uh, all right, do we got um, any more baseball takes we want to get there, Joey? Do you guys know about like Aroldis Chapman and all kind of the Yankees fans versus him? Do you know about that at all? Or, or... Mm-hmm. a little bit, not much diving into the details. I know there was an issue that happened today, but. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I was just I was just gonna bring up that issue. I, I just thought it was kind of funny 
he, he missed a practice or whatever, and now he's not scheduled to play. So he's their closer, right? Right. And he's notorious for just absolutely blowing games up. And uh, he he's not on the playoff roster anymore. Mm-hmm. So little strategy. We'll, see, we'll see which way the Yankees go there. I don't mind it. I do. Uh, I can't wait for the tradition of Garrett Cole uh, getting paid a lot of money just to uh, do terrible in the playoffs games and uh, oh, any big game, really. Worst. So it's him and like Kershaw even... is every time. So well, at least Kershaw's a nice guy. This week. I mean, yeah, the yeah. Garrett Cole like post game press conference after blowing a game is fantastic as well. Yeah, he's he's a he's a strange cat uh, as well. Uh, last thing I kind of want to bring up here, and then uh, you guys can obviously add more. Uh, this is last the only main thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, the Mariners, uh, that comeback they had against oh the Blue Jays goodness. was an all-time moment. Uh, that was crazy because I remember I, I texted you guys. I was like, dang, like the Mariners kind of make me sad. Like I want them to do well. And then I checked my phone like three hours later, and they won the game. Or they, So I checked my phone. It was going to the bottom of the ninth. Uh, that was wild. That was, That's yeah, that was a fun game to watch. Um, like I said, Mariners, America's team this year. If you don't have anyone, I like that take. I like it. Yeah, I would love the Mariners. Mariners man. Give them all the support they they can get. They like they got a rookie out there playing his heart out. They got all the right pieces in the, in the right spots. Got some tough matchups coming up, but they got the momentum, and that's that's it's not as big of a role in these um, like divisional games compared to the wild card games I think uh, I think matchups is more a, a role there like you were saying Zach uh, but I think momentum definitely plays a part like that's just baseball you know what's the series you're looking uh, forward to the most coming up uh, definitely that Mariners series like I just yep. want to I Man, I would love to see the Mariners in the World Series. Like that's just that would be so cool. So, yeah, and we can all agree that we hate the Dodgers. Hopefully, not rooting for them. I hate the Definitely Dodgers. Not. I would never root for them ever. Eh, I mean, I, Zach, I know be, you got some. I was about to say, I got to I got to be careful to careful what I say. I got to make sure that the, this door that I, on this balcony I'm on doesn't get locked on my take on this. But I, I don't have a problem with the Dodgers. I think it's a great built team. I'd, I'd say the Padres Dodgers the one I'm looking forward to just because Padres can line up that pitch and match, and you know you can go you know Darvish Snell and then uh, Musgraves and you can win three games. Yeah. Uh, so I think that could be really interesting. I, but yeah, it's I miss mean, playoff baseball. I'll, I'll take a peek and watch a lot of it, and kind of get you through the week, right? I, I would love to see an Atlanta Braves Seattle Mariners World Series. That would that would just make it. Uh, we're we're doing all this talk just for the Braves to win it all again, aren't we? I, no, I I feel like the Dodgers are, are pretty. I mean, that's a yeah. well bought and built well bought. team yeah. well bought but it's a but it is a very well built team as well um yeah i mean yeah, obviously definitely the leaders and anyway well yeah, when you don't have a salary cap I and mean, we can complain about it all we want but when you don't have a salary cap in a sport that's it kind of that's what it leads to so also quick note why couldn't the rockies have just scored one more or one one more game man we went Let's... 68 and 94 <laughs> it's because they wouldn't do anything to make their fans excited. No, nah, I can't do the fans excited. They wouldn't make any of their fans happy. Excited yeah. like that, I guess. No, I told you guys, baseball is so much more enjoyable when the uh, the Rockies aren't there to ruin my life. So it's uh, it's true. Uh, now you can actually start watching. 
yeah, now I can actually get enjoyment from baseball. So good job, guys. Uh, yeah, you guys got anything else? You got just uh, got something you wanted to share into the world? Anything it can be about life, pod- podcast. Um, I, I, when y'all when you know when y'all get older in life, you get married and have kids, you're gonna start going to you know, especially this time of year, you, you go to you know pumpkin patches and, and apple pickings, and uh, you know I uh. I get very spoiled with, you know, some of the things my wife allows me to do, especially being a sports junkie. So, you know, just this week alone, I went to, my, went to the Nuggets game. I went to the Broncos game, went to the DU hockey game. By the way, extremely underrated sporting experience. I'm a season uh, ticket holder. Oh, oh yeah. are you really? Not if you're a Colorado. Yeah. It's not. Maybe well, no, I would just I mean, outsiders it is. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I'm just saying even as a Colorado, like, it's a – it is a very, very good sporting experience. Uh, it also oh, yeah. helps that they're very good, but national I mean, champs. National champs. You have Notre Dame come to town this, you know, on Friday night. But you know, you know, so get to go to the Nuggets game, get to go to the Broncos game, get to go to the DU game. On Saturday, I had to spend, and I enjoy doing these things as, as we've <laughs> talked about. I like the cheerleading camps, but um, I you pulled into Chatfield Botanical Gardens, which you know is kind of out a little bit. It's a beautiful Lovely area, stuff. absolutely. Yeah. Um, it felt like I was going to Woodstock. There was thousands <laughs> and thousands and thousands of cars. Um, oh, and you know, I saw that picture. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it, and it's just chaos. It, it's kids screaming and yelling. It's parents. There was one parent that walked by us that literally had their screaming kid underneath their arm with the head pointing backwards. People just carrying, pushing their you know pumpkins. It's just mad chaos and. You know, I'm sitting there thinking, like, well, this will be okay. You know, my daughter's pretty good. My wife, we, we, we're not going to freak out on this. But kind of the point where I got nervous when I looked down and there was no phone service. So it was I'm, – I'm into this for the next couple hours. Um, I'm just going to see what comes out on the other side. And, you know, I'll still be home to watch a lot of football. But, um, yeah, I did enjoy the, the little bit of, you know, freedom on a, a Saturday afternoon as college students and, and getting to enjoy these things because – you get to enjoy doing these things with your family. Like I said, I it, it is not a sacrifice. I I love doing these things, but um, it is a great, great entertainment and, and, and really good laughter, especially good knowing people that watching. Good, oh, fantastic people watching. Um, but yeah, this one's a little this this one hit home a little bit more and uh, got a really good laugh out of it, just because there was absolutely no cell phone service to be able to just <laughs> at least check in on games during during <laughs> these couple hours. Got to lock in your bets. Yeah, I, I want to bring I uh, this reminds me I want to bring up one more thing. So Joey had a a woman come into town to see him uh, this week, and you and Joey had this girl watch nine hours of uninterrupted baseball all day on Friday. Uh, Joey, what, what was uh, what was your thought process there on that one? First of all, <laughs> this uh, is a random woman come to town. This is my long term girlfriend. Still, has come like to I mean, she's only there for so long. And, and like, this was not. You, you can't tell pure... me that baseball is of Chloe's prime interest. Like she, she could have watched baseball back at her place. Like, there has, she, were, has I, she been to Auburn before? Has she has she come to visit? She you? Has been to Auburn. Okay, so you, you didn't need came... to do the campus tour or anything no, like that. No, this like, was this our what fall we break, and she's a nursing student. And one of her requests was that we simply relax. And we we're not like she didn't want me to schedule anything. She didn't want to like go out much. We went out one night. And uh, I took that as I get to watch sports all weekend. So but is that the same as it's like, oh, do. don't is that the same as it's like, oh, don't give me a gift. 
And then it's uh, like, no, actually, no, this I want was, a gift. This was Are you my, sure, Joey? My lovely Great girlfriend's question, exhausted from, from nursing. Zach, I'm, I'm sure you can, like, your wife's in the medical field. It's exhausting. I'm sure she comes home tired. And uh, she just wanted to I mean, to it's, it's kind of, time it, with you're me. correct, but it's not fair. If, if, if I asked my wife to watch nine consecutive hours of baseball, she would go to the cabinet. Take First of all, that is cable. We did not watch <laughs> nine consecutive hours of baseball. Okay. Uh, sorry, we watched clips of games. <laughs> and we, we sprinkled in some movies here and there. Uh, it was uh, what movies of did we sprinkle in? And, uh... <laughs> we watched The Longest Ride. Uh, okay. you, know, you guys ever seen that movie? Great love story. I'm sure. Uh, what else did we watch? I don't know. You get it, though. Cardinals we watched the movies. We yeah. watched that. Watch the Cardinals. I just watched, thought it was funny. Uh, I was like, took her to bingo. This, this port. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I liked, you know, I, did, I, I, I don't know if I responded to that issue with the text. Yeah, we might, we might be able to do that in the next couple of weeks. Joey can bingo. actually, when I come see you now, in, 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 I think, eight days now. Can can that we just relax? Absolutely. What is that going to? Can we just hang out and relax? Would you like to watch the longest ride with me, Zach? I mean, sounds like it's successful. Sounds like she's still dating you. So you know, we'll uh, yes. maybe give that a shot. Keep our friendship going. All righty. I mean, that sounds good to me. I like bingo. Um, Grant, I didn't mean I to think, this on bingo. Yeah, come on, it's bingo. Uh, I feel like I got to do the in the kitchen pod listeners a favor here, just. Maybe you get a final wrap-ups on the on the maybe can we call it the Dahmer staircase conspiracy? I was just about uh, to ask that. I don't know if we could that on or off. Yeah. It it's officially cleaned up. So the, the throw okay. up has been officially cleaned up. Uh nice. it's yeah, uh no, it's all describe good the now. smell in there now. It, it smells like, like bleach now, it? but it's better than a still smells up. like bleach. Well yeah. I mean, but I'll take that over like nauseating, rotting vomit. So uh, and like well, also now I can closure. like use the stairs like before like I literally just couldn't step in them so uh, that we've we've advanced now to using the stairs uh, which is making my commute a little faster to get to my car so I'm uh, I'm very happy with that uh, for sure but I I also finished uh, and the podcast is getting long now but uh, I did finish Dahmer uh, this week it took forever mm-hmm. to finish it but uh, I I don't like my it's this all i'm gonna say about this show is that like every episode up until the last one uh and i, I don't want to spoil the show and like i don't know how much of it can really be spoiled because it, like it's factual events uh but, like basically every episode is just me sitting around being like oh my god this guy's about to get so murdered right now like <laughs> it's kind of, like that's just basically what you said there the whole time you're like oh my god he's about to get so murdered like how is it what's gonna happen like, although, like, you already, like, it's like, it, it, there's the element of, like, you already know. And, like, this show has, like, so much tension. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just thought, it, like, that was, like, my main takeaway was, like, all I could think the whole time was, like, wow, this guy's about to get so murdered. So. That's a good recap yeah. on it. We can... Yeah. That is the official uh, In the Kitchen review of the uh, Dahmer uh, series so on Netflix. So, Yeah. All right. Well, this podcast is getting long, so I think we got to wrap up, guys. But uh, uh, we'll be back on Thursday with uh, Patrick Armold and uh, picks and predictions for the weekend. So uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you then. Bye.